guys. Uh, welcome to the Fake Nerd Podcast, episode 212, uh, where our democracy may be on fire. It's voting time. Go out and vote. Uh, I had midterms. Yeah, I voted too. I had midterms, so I'm fried. Uh, there was too much news this week, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Nerdgasm is dead. I'm Sparks Witty. Oh, I'm here with Ryan <laughs> and, and Brandon T. McClure. This is live. You can't take that back. Dude. <laughs> you can't take that back. That's, that's, you, can't, you can't do that. I don't, don't have a problem. Confidence. I don't have a problem. I don't think any listeners have a problem with it either. Hello. <laughs> I am that introduction. I don't even actually exist, so come at me. That's true. He's, he's, a, he's just a felted friend. Yeah. He's can't tell. Uh, hey, guys. Hi, bud. How's How it going? I'm, I'm good. I'm so good. <laughs> How you doing, Ben? Oh, hold on. Just let me uh, take a sip of my tea right here that uh, Sparks totally spilled. Uh, oh. We had a fun, we had a fun uh, uh, before recording chat about uh, 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 many things uh, in regards to the podcast that Sparks mentioned offhandedly, oh. uh, and then we had a funnel funnel chat about uh, Nickelback. Look, so, yeah. Look, I'll be upfront. Crap. My opinions are entirely my own. I think a particular person named Alan who has to do with Jesus. her exam, yeah, is, come on, is a butt, and I don't have a problem saying it. Well, there wow. you go. Listen, it's not like it's a, it's it's not like it's a bridge I ever wanted to cross, but like now it's burned, so it's okay. yes, <laughs> did it. entirely my personal opinion, based solely on an interaction between him and Ben and I, where I was like, nah, this is not a good person. Well, this what's is now. The, what's TMC. the thing? What's the disclaimer in the beginning of uh, of all those documentaries? Like the opinions created herein right. are not are my own. Yeah, <laughs> not representative of the fake nerd podcast or the not representative. Of the commentaries are there are the actors on. They do not express the views of whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. All right. And anyway, that that disclaimer was just brought up. How about I go first? I've got so little this week. Sure. Okay, do it. Um. All right. So uh, last week we read the Alien, the Aliens graphic novel. Uh, which is the sequel to Alien 2. Uh, so that kind of got me into a thing that uh, that was also because of uh, the fact that Dark Horse no longer has the Alien license anymore, so they're kind of wrapping up at the end of the year. Uh, they'll have released, what, as I think, their last Alien comic, which is the original screenplay for the first Alien movie mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as a comic book. So I was like, you know what? I think now is the time that I should go through and, and pick up any Alien or Predator comics that I missed. That I wanted, that I always was like, I'll get it later. Yeah. Uh, so I did. So I bought the Predator one because of our review. They have a similar hardcover to the Alien one. Um, this beautiful, Ooh, nice, big boy. Ni- yeah, nice orange hardcover with orange pages. Uh, written by the same guy who wrote that, co- who wrote Aliens. Uh, and it is a sequel to Predator 1. So I uh, decided to pick that one up. That one's not here yet. But I did get the other two, which is I decided to pick up uh, William Gibson's Alien 3, the unproduced script. Uh, This is a graphic novel uh, based on what almost was Alien 3, way before David Fincher took on the the directing uh, role. Uh, William Uh, Gibson. Fun fact about that movie, uh, David Fincher came in in that movie like weeks before started shooting because the production on that thing was horrible and the director was gone and David Fincher, very much like a Brett Ratner on X-Men 3, he was just like, here's the movie. Good luck with it. But uh, Alien 3 turned out pretty okay, I think. I need to rewatch it. I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. Um, but this is basically the script that they had when um, when Sigourney Weaver was like, I don't want to return. Um, so they so it's it's Hicks, Newt, and Bishop as the main stars of this one. Nice. 
Uh, so I'm excited to read it. I haven't read it yet, but uh, yeah, so I got that one. And then I also got in a similar hardcover to Alien and Predator is their first two Alien versus Predator uh, stories. Nice. Um, so I, I that. Uh, this was written by Randy Stradley uh, with art by Phil Norwood. So it's not the cool. same writer, um, but it's such a nice. Look at this hardcover, guys. They are exactly. cool. Yeah, that's pretty. So I was like, yeah, you want to got both Predator and Alien? I'll just do it. It's only two comics. It's pretty cheap. So got that. awesome. That's um, the first one. So you know, how bad could they be? Um, I did. I, I had a uh, outside of that. I had a, a uh, I guess a family emergency uh, that took me away for most of the week. So I didn't actually get to consume a whole lot of media. Um, you guys know what it was. Uh, it's not my place to tell the audience what that was. So we'll leave it at that. Um, but I did get to watch two movies. I, I watched uh, uh, Spider-Man 3. First time in years. Uh, that movie's it was kind of funny, actually. Not in like a bad way, but like J.K. Simmons is really funny in that movie. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got, always good. Yeah, he's got the subplot um, where Elizabeth Banks is trying to... I forget how many stars were in that movie before there were stars. Elizabeth Banks is in that movie? She's J. Jonah Jameson's assistant. She's Betty. She's in all three of the movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I forget because um, I always you see Elizabeth Banks with blonde hair and then, yeah, she had jet black hair. Jet black hair. Yeah. Uh, so she, so uh, he needs to not raise his blood pressure. And so she's trying to get him to uh, have a, to take the right medicine. And so whenever he reaches towards the medicine or gets angry, he like buzzes his desk and it scares him. And I think that's a pretty funny bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not everything in Spider-Man Three is bad. No, no, and and then I do think the end where they were where New Goblin and Spider-Man team up is actually pretty cool. It's a it's a cool little moment. It's all the short. all the action in that movie is pretty dope. Yeah, like the Sandman stuff. The Sandman stuff is super inventive, and like there's like they're obviously not during the giant fight, but like there's some there's some cool practical stuff they do too. Yeah, because Sam Raimi has like the budget. He's like, hell yeah, let's do some practical Sandman shit. Yeah, you can you can totally tell though, and the, I think the problem is is that Tobey Maguire, Kristen Dunn's Kirsten Dunn, sorry, and Sam Raimi, because of what we know happened behind the scenes, were done. They they were like, I don't want to do this anymore. I I think that it's just I haven't seen it in a long time. I think that really trying to do Venom justice and Sandman and tying in Sandman to Peter's origin, which I don't think was a bad idea on its own mm-hmm. and do Harry Osborne's arc with Peter is just too many things for one movie. So yeah. I recently listened to an interview with Sam Raimi, because if you listen to any interview in the last 10 years, he's very open about the problems of Spider-Man three and it is yeah. entirely studio interference. He did not want Venom. And in, in much like, again, like weeks before shooting, like that script was still being rewritten because he didn't want Venom and the studio said, you got to put Venom in. So like they were, they were rewriting that shit almost on the daily. And the fact that that movie turned out again as fine as it is, um, is just a testament to how so, good Sam Raimi is. So was the movie just supposed to be Sandman and Harry? And yeah, that it was supposed to be like super about family shit. See that, I can see where the good movie is exactly. in that story. Yeah. But then you have to do Venom and like Venom's such a big bad and like, I don't think Topher Grace is, is very good as, as like much, I mean, like Venom's not a good movie, but like that is much more Eddie Brock than, than Topher Grace. But Topher um, Grace will also be the first person to admit he's not good in that movie. Yes. Um, yeah. And he left his huge show to do it. And I'm like, yeah. that's losses, buddy. That's, that's such a bummer. Yeah. Um, 
But I also watched Jurassic World, the first one. Uh, the you know the fourth film, Jurassic World. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I was like, I want to watch more dinosaurs. And actually, I like Jurassic World quite a bit. Uh, it helps that it. it I, mean, I can't believe I'm going to say this because normally this doesn't help, but it helps that it's written by four people. Uh, and there's a lot of like, I'm sure there was a lot of like back and forth of what the story should be. Thematically, it's really, it, it's really interesting, the kind of stuff they tackle. Uh, that I forget that they tackle the idea of like, you know, what we've made our theme park attractions and nobody is wowed by these things anymore. Um, you know, the, the commentary in it, the stuff that calls back to the book with Henry Wu being like this mad scientist stuff. Uh, I think that's all pretty solid. I don't think it's a great movie by far, uh, but, you know, I, I liked it. Uh, so I started watching Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom today and the. Uh, that film is not written by four people, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> hey, man, it sometimes the talent transitions regardless of, of how many people, you know. Oh, having, and, full, having full control or having no control can lead to good things or bad things. Like, I also oh, really and, much like studio interference and other stuff goes into Fallen Kingdom, like guiding its path in particular. Yeah. Like, I... Yeah. I haven't looked into it myself. I agree with you, Mag. Gwen and Venom were too much in Spider-Man Three. That just, I don't even. Gwen is so too much that you forget she's there. I don't know. Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, nope. I, I remember. That's right. Wait, yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard is Gwen Stacy and. Oh, Spider sorry. 3. I thought you were talking about. No, she is also yeah. in Jurassic World. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man Three. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Jurassic yeah. World: Fallen Kingdom. I w I would push back on the idea because we haven't really heard anything about. And you would like significant studio interference, probably because it's made a billion dollars. But uh, it is definitely just written by Colin Trevorrow and David and Devin Connolly. I think yeah. Derek Connolly. Um, whereas the other one is not. And I think that also has to do with the fact that Owen loses an entire character. Uh, Owen in in Fallen in Jurassic World, the first one, is not as much as a I'm a man. This is what men do. As he is in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, where his entire personality is just like, I'm man. He's more of a stereotype, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so... to be fair, like, I like Jurassic World and I like him in it. Uh, but they needed to flesh him out more, not restrict him further. Yes. <laughs> so, this, uh, dinosaurs. Just hold, hold. So I'll just, yeah, it's, it's in my brain. My brain forever. In Jurassic World, the sequence where they're, where they're, with he's riding his motorcycle with the raptors is actually. <laughs> Just as awesome as I remember. I think that's a really cool yeah, moment. I love that scene. Um, all right. I want to take a minute to talk about Star Trek Lower Decks. Because that ended this week. Uh, it ended its first season this week. Uh, Star Trek Discovery starts this coming Thursday. Uh, I think that show was really good. It completely succeeds at being the show it wants to be. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's most clear reference point as like tone would be the Orville. But it's turned up more than the Orville is, but it is still trying to be a, uh, a, a humorous homage to Star Trek with it. And it has like, it clearly loves Star Trek and just wants to make a funny Star Trek. Mm -hmm. um, that's what the, that's what the, that's what the writer's good at. That's what he wants to do, but he clearly knows his stuff. There's a ton of really cool callbacks to, to Star Trek. Um, People claim that it's like too Easter egg heavy. I disagree. I think the Easter eggs are a lot of fun. Um, from musical cues to just like, hey, that person's holding the Spock helmet from 1970 that nobody liked. 
like things like that that you would never really guess. And they're constantly referencing other Star Trek shows and other characters. Q shows up in the show. Riker shows up in the show. And Riker has an incredible moment. The final episode of that show is just a great Star Trek episode. Full stop. Is it? Is it the? Is it John Delancey and uh, Jonathan Frakes? Yes. Cool. Very. Because cool. you know it's animation. They could get the voices. They don't have to worry about how old they are. Yeah. Um. It. My own pillow pet peeve. I have a thing about the uniforms in Star Trek. Um. I, I will not go into here because it's going to make me sound more crazy than I am. Um. But it does kind of add to like. Maybe the uniform designs are a little too complicated right now. Um, but uh, Riker shows up at the end of that. There's a lot of really good stuff in the last episode where they talk about how the whole the whole season is about like how, you know, the Cerritos is like the last people to find out things. That's the ship that they're on. And by the way, Jack Quaid's in it. He's really good. Um, and he and they talk about like the, the, the captain's like, we don't follow up. We leave a planet and we're just like, OK, good luck. We made that contact. We had that episode. We had that story, and then we don't follow up. And then we, a uh, planet reverts back to the pl- to what we saved it from, or an alien species becomes far more dangerous than we anticipated because we just don't follow up. Uh, and I thought that was a really interesting look and commentary on Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so I really liked it. I was really happy. It's the best of the new Trek shows. Uh, I highly recommend it for uh, certainly you, Ryan. I think you would love it. Uh, every, all the people that I follow on Twitter um, who, who are very much in the opinion with you who are like, they didn't really dig Discovery at first. Um, like, this is like, this is like the most like uh, fan heavy, like the most loved Star Trek made show. Yeah. Like, like all the, all the references and all, all the stuff that like only fans would really get, like just aren't in those other shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, that's cool. That it's weird that the, the best Star Trek show is a adult animated cartoon. Isn't that yeah. really weird? <laughs> But the reason why it's the best one is very weird. But the reason why it's the best one is that it's the only one that feels like it loves Star Trek. Yeah. Whereas all the other ones, I'm sorry, Discovery and Picard, I like you, but you don't feel like you love Star Trek. Or they don't feel like Star Trek. Yeah. But Discovery, but uh, Lower Decks did. And it clearly loves Star Trek. And I was really happy that that we had that show. I can't wait for season two. I'm glad. That's very cool. Yeah. Good for Jack Wade. He's having a, a hell of a year. Yeah, and uh, Tandy Newsom is the real star of the show. Um, she was in Spaceflight. I'm glad she's got something better. Cool. Uh, she She's also doing the official Star Trek podcast, which I think is kind of cool. She's apparently a huge Star Trek fan. Um, yeah, the voice cast is great. And it, it allows for the cameos. Like uh, uh, like I said, Riker shows up, and it is, in fact, Jonathan Frakes. Um, so that was cool. The last thing I'll just mention is that I started West Wing for the first time ever. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm on episode 12. It's going well so far. It's a good show. Is this motivated by the HBO Max trailer drop this week? One million percent. I had no idea Bradley Whitford was in the show. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's like the and, uh, and Eddie from The Lost World. And Eddie from The Lost World. I, yeah, I mean, the film is, the, the show is filled with so many stars. They're, they're series Daddy regulars. Shane. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but because I saw that and I saw Bradley Whitford, I was like, oh, shit. So I was like, oh, okay, there's a shot after, I, all, after all. I have never watched the entire series all the way through and i debated doing it recently um but i was like i think i am engaged too much in politics in real life to mm. want to hear about fake politics yeah when i yeah. wanted to watch a show no i feel yeah. even if those politics are not really reflect reflecting the current moment um yeah. but but i'm i'm still tempted to want to go back maybe maybe next year it is 
things go, I'll feel like it. <laughs> yeah, it it is. You know, it's it's a prestige drama, but from the from the late '90s, where they were still seven seasons to twenty two episodes long, so it's a long show. It, it's uh, a, yeah. Now I remember back in high school, my government class, they actually my teacher, we would talk about a certain function of the president or the Supreme Court or whatever, and then you'd be like, "Hey, Russell, here's the West Wing episode." Ex- going into that and we're like oh Uh, yeah go ahead uh pretty pretty much because i when we watched the west wing it actually became a a bit of a joke in our class is like hey is there a west wing episode for this and our teacher (laughs) would be like actually yes but we're not gonna watch it and then the whole class would be like dang i really like that show it's a good show yeah i'm actually interested to going back when i heard that thing was coming back we're like oh that that's neat i haven't seen the the entire show the HBO special, I wasn't sure what it was, but apparently the HBO special is a staged production of one of the episodes from season three. So it's not like a reunion where it's like, what are these characters doing now? It's like, oh, it's like the, the, the community thing or whatever. Yeah, it's like the community thing. Yeah. Um, it's a sense. little weird. It's only a little weird because like they're all older and you're like, just do write, something new. Write a new thing. But the thing yeah. is like, what are you going to do? Uh, because he's not president anymore, you know. So, like, what's the show going to be to have yeah. all these people involved with each other? I, and I kind of get that. Um, somebody on Twitter uh, did that, though. I don't know if you guys saw this; it was shared around. Somebody did a Twitter thread that was about uh, that entire cast of characters talking to Martin Sheen's former president about if he should make a statement about President Trump uh, not being upfront with the American people about his sickness with the coronavirus. I love it. And, and they captured the characters to a T. This is a very long Twitter thread. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's very, very good. And I'm like that, that should be the special right there. It's them like <laughs> each other. It's like, cause you could easily do it too in quarantine without having had to do the stage production, which is cool that they're doing it. Yeah. But you could have just done virtual conversations and had them be the characters today talking about today. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I also, I also, since we're talking about the West Wing thing coming up real quick, I did think that someone hit a really solid comment about it where I'm like, it is really cool that they're doing a West Wing special to try to promote people going out to vote. However, I will say that the audience that is interested in West Wing and the audience that doesn't already have an interest in voting are the total polar (laughs) opposites of the Venn diagram. I don't think uh, (laughs) some like young 19 year old is like, oh, the West Wing is going to tell me to vote. Hell yeah, now I'm in. Like, I don't know what um, <laughs> the 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 uh, special is going to have a lot of returning cast members. Uh, obviously, the whole cast is returning, but they have Sterling K. Brown. It's going to be there. Uh, Bill Clinton, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda, and uh, Bill Clinton, and Elizabeth Moss. And I was like, oh, that's cool that Elizabeth Moss is doing that. Apparently, she is in fact in the show. She is the president's daughter. This yeah. is true. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Samuel oh. Jackson's also going to be in it. Little girl. Uh, when I saw Elizabeth Moss, and I'm seeing a lot of characters, I'm like. I know you a lot older. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because I know you're a fan of Sorkin's other works. So I'm yeah. surprised you hadn't gotten to West Wing up to this point, but I'm glad. Um, I, I do think you'll like it overall. Uh, it's it's from my experience, which again, not the whole series, but a decent chunk. It's quite a journey. I want to go back and go through it all again. Yeah. Fun uh, fact, you... Martin Sheen is a primary character in the Mass Effect franchise. He's dope as hell. That's cool. It is um, cool. <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, as you... As you mentioned, I'm a fan of Aaron Sorkin's other work. I love The Newsroom, which aired on HBO for three seasons. Uh, I thought that show was awesome. We read um, the news. And then... We reported the news. We reported the news. Dang it, I missed it. I knew the joke you were going for. Thank but... you. <laughs> it's really insane to me that uh, 
So it's really insane to me how much uh, Martin Sheen looks like both of his kids. Yeah. It's nuts. How, as uh, Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen is crazy uh, how, how, how close they look together. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot so either, so I'll go next. Um, it's going to be the week of not a whole lot, but somehow it's still going to be an hour. That's <laughs> hour-long chunks. For I got nine minutes and 20 seconds to get to go through. I'll, all right, go slow. All right. Uh, I think the I'll biggest thing... That, there's, there's a timer right... Oh, in the corner. Never mind. <laughs> um, the biggest thing that I, that I did this week actually happened yesterday. I was on my friend Micah's podcast, the Mouse Nerd Podcast. We recorded an episode about our uh, Disney stories. Uh, like, as Is we all know, coronavirus, it's not up yet. Um, okay. It's going to go up either tomorrow, Monday, or Tuesday. But once it is up, he'll let me know. You can listen to the first two episodes of said podcast on Spotify. Apple's kind of dragging their feet a little bit. And they're also on his YouTube channel, the Peter Pan Boy channel on YouTube. So that's oh, where... Let me, let me know when it's up and I'll promote it. Yeah. So pretty much it, it's funny because when we first started, he, he was like, yeah, this is going to be like an hour, 15, hour, 30. He was like, yeah, that's no problem. It turned into three hours of us just of him, his girlfriend, and myself just rambling on about our favorite memories of Disneyland. Long-time listeners of the show will know we can talk a lot. Talking for three hours about stuff you like. Who does that? Crazy. <laughs> no, I because he was like, and there's probably gonna be a part, uh, like a part two to that too, because we we didn't even crack the service. But it was it was a fun. I had a blast. It was great. Also, I haven't seen him in a while, or his girlfriend. It was it was a good time. I'm, I was really happy to do that. I uh, went to land because of that nice gentleman, right? Yeah, you I'm did. Just, same Mike. Yeah, sweet. Yep. Yeah, you I did. Yes, you did. Yeah, he's he's a great guy. I miss him. Um, besides that, uh, video game wise, I didn't play a whole lot of Super Mario 64. I'm at 90 stars now, so yeah. I'm getting close. Uh, I did, there was a game I did play a little bit more this week, but I started playing last week, but I forgot to mention it. And that's Super Mario, that's Super Mario Bros. 35. That's the Battle Royale uh, game where you have 35 players and everyone's playing Super Mario Bros., the original, and last one standing is the winner. That game is, is nice, it's fun. I enjoy it. It's no Tetris 99. No Tetris 99. And I can definitely see why people are getting a really, really sick of World 1 1. Because yeah. the way, because in, in Tetris 99, where you, the way you beat your enemies, if you get, if you clear two lines or more at once, you send garbage lines to other players. Like it could be random, those attacking, those who are the most, most in danger of getting knocked out, those are, are who have the most knockouts, whatever. Whereas in Mario, when you knock, when you like step on a Goomba or hit a tur or a Koopa shell, or whatever, that enemy goes to another to another to another player. But if you yeah. have like the superstar, you could just like roll through dudes pretty pretty quick and easily. And also, there's a timer because every enemy you beat, you get more time added to your timer because if you run out, you're done for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I still like it. But there are times where I get to the secret warp zone in world. Uh, yeah, it is hard to get number one in Tetris 99. The highest I've ever gotten is third place. Um, but in Mario, I haven't gotten number one in Mario yet. The uh, highest I've gotten is fifth place, I think. I mean, I haven't really devoted time to it because I'm like Tetris where I love playing Tetris. I'm still starting off in world one, one of Super Mario Bros. As much as I love that game, I'm like, I, I know where everything is. I know where the secret mushroom is. I know where the superstar is. I know how to, I know how to get everywhere. Because there are times where you get to the warp zone, you can go back to World 1-1 and just help yourself with the power-ups, but then 
it's you have like an army of Goombas and Koopa Troopas coming at you, and sometimes Bowser. Yeah, I've seen. I saw like three Bowsers mm-hmm. in one video. I'm like that just seems too much. But if you have the yeah. Fire Flower, you just knock them all out. No big deal. Oh yeah, totally, totally. The Fire yeah, Flower I, and this and this and the Invincibility Star are pretty broken. May I it's interrupt? Cool. Yeah. May yeah. I interrupt real quick? I forgot to mention something that I feel like we should mention up top before people stop listening. Um, uh, we are uh, going to put up the Michael Morisi interview on the audio feed this week. Yeah. Um, just yeah. want to just be just for people who are listening to the audio of this and, and not watching the video. Because if you're watching the video, you can just go to our channel. But if you're wa- if you're listening to the audio of this and you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, a what's wrong with you? And b uh, you can definitely. Uh, check it out on the audio going forward. Um, to be fair, I, the audio people were there first, so we should treat them with respect. That is true. That is true. Um, and I think I am also going to make an audio feed, a separate audio feed for the Fickner Book Club. Um, no changes. It'll be the same book. It'll be the same thing, just also audio. We're, we just do it on video. Like, it's still just an audio thing. Like, there's no yeah. real video incorporations. Yeah. It's not like, it's not like we frequently show visual panels every no. once in a blue moon we no, do. yeah, yeah. Right. but if you're or if you're if you prefer audio podcasts uh stay tuned for a feed for the fake book club so woo, 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 woo. that's uh that's sorry ben that's all i wanted to say to our audience. No, no, you're good. yeah we do we do we should have uh told that said that in the beginning but it's uh, uh let's see how much time do i got five minutes to spare cool <laughs> um i only need three um you hear that fanny <laughs> oh you are on fire today I'm punchy. It's been midterms week. <laughs> Damn. So besides... Put those um, guns down, sir. So besides doing the Mouse Nerd podcast and playing some uh, Mario, really, I I got through some of my comic books. I still have my X of Swords to get through. Um, put your... What? Ben, I'm, what's more important? Like life or, or X-Men? Come on, bro. I'm going to be honest. I didn't read any of my new comics. You... I'm just giving you crap. <laughs> I work, dude. I'm kidding. I'm giving you crap. I know. I know you're giving me shit. I read two of them. <clears throat> nice. Yeah. So, so besides, um, so I got through some of my books. I got Exo Swords, Wayne. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And that, and nothing really much. I listened to the debate. That was fun. Uh, I listened to the Dodgers beat the Padres. That was really fun. And was it fun? It. Wait, what was fun? Listen to what? the Dodgers beat the Padres. Fun. The debate. Oh, the debate? Uh, I don't want to get into it. <laughs> my mom called me up and asked me, like, did you watch the debate? I go, no. They're like, why? Well, first of all, I'm at a thing. I'm at the thing that I can't talk about. Yeah. But uh, mm-hmm. Second off, uh, I have better things to do. And she's like, what better things could you do than watching the debate? Uh, well, when, you're, when your low bar is ripping out my eyeballs, uh, I can find something better to do. Yeah, but that's why. Uh, I was able to listen to it uh, through my phone while I was at work. So... That was uh, that was an experience, but on a lighter note, the Dodgers move on to the next round of the playoffs. So woohoo, go Dodgers! Also, like uh, Lakers, good job Lakers. I oh yeah, Lakers, Lakers won tonight. Wait, I thought you liked the Dodgers. I they're they're very different sports. Wait, talking about basketball, he's talking about baseball. No, no, no. Wait, who? Wait, I think I messed up this joke. You Hold did. You totally did. <laughs> who's who's the team that won? Not the Lakers. Who was the team that won your sport? It says it right there, Brandon. Who beat the Padres? Okay, Dodgers beat the Padres? Okay, I meant the Giants then. Probably. Oh. I don't care anymore. I just, 
So close, Brandon. Hold on. Let's hold on. Let's. This is audio, right? We don't. We're not doing this live. We can just re-record that, and it'll be much funnier. And I'll just splice yeah. it in after. Clap, oh. and then we'll edit it. Cool. Yep. Not doing that. Oh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's my week. Not, nothing much. Nothing much. You go cool. now. We're going to go a circle this week. Okay. I love it. Um, hey, it took, it took me less than 10 minutes to get through that. Woohoo. I Ryan, did not how is that a circle? The circle's going this way. On my screen, but it's I went Brandon. first. But I went first. Then Ben. Then Ben. It goes, yeah. woo. Oh, no, he's right. You're having it go to me and it listen, was over Ben down to you. Listen, <laughs> I will go now so the circle's complete. No. <laughs> Yeah. Let's do it really awkwardly, like there isn't enough space in this living room. No. Um, uh, yeah, I did not have a lot of time for a lot of things uh, that weren't school-related. A couple of things I'm going to mention were, um, because it's been midterms, and I had a lot to do, because I let one class really slip behind me. Oh, no. Um, so I'll just knock a few of these out. I For class, I watched Dracula really? uh, with Bela Lugosi. Uh, nice. That is a good movie. That's a good movie. Um, I can see where that movie suffers from an, a, a practically absentee director, however. I will say that uh, now knowing some of the things I know about it, um, Todd Browning was not around a lot for actually directing the film. Oh. Yeah. Um, a regular Brian Singer. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's still, still a classic. Uh, and then I watched for the first time ever Blackula. Yeah. Oh. Which... Um, <laughs> Is is black exploitation, uh, and um, it's very corny in that way. Um, it's uh, it's interesting. Um, there's a there's an amount of vindication about Blackula in the film because it starts off with Dracula meeting this guy who's an emissary from Africa, and basically saying in in his time period in like the the early the late 1700s, he's just telling this guy straight up at his castle, yeah, man, I'm going to continue the slave trade because I want to. And <laughs> he's all like, yo, we're not having this conversation. Dracula's like, actually, I'm going to make you a vampire and put you in a coffin and curse you to just be here hungry for blood for the rest of existence uh, because oh, wow. you couldn't support me uh, being on board with the slave trade. And then it flashes forward to the 70s and uh, a gay couple which are horrendously represented, but um, a gay couple uh, opens up the coffin and lets Blackula free. And I really wanted the movie to be about Blackula getting revenge on Dracula, but that's not the movie. Um, Dracula is apparently already dead. Um, so what it is, is that Blackula finds a woman conveniently uh, almost moments, literally after he uh, awakens from the coffin mm-hmm. that looks like the reincarnation of his deceased wife. And so he is trying to uh, reconnect and woo her while also like turning a whole bunch of people into vampires. And it's got some weird schlocky things. Like there's a whole thing where Blackula hunts down a girl because she took a photo of him and he's like, oh no, she's going to know I'm a vampire, but she has to like, have the negatives processed and everything. Okay. And it's like, Blackula, how do you know that a camera would do that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's told you about cameras yet. (laughs) So what are you doing? You're talking about Dracula. Uh, That's a comic. Yes. Wow. Uh, I just showed him a picture of Apocalypse versus Dracula, a 2006 event. Marvel comics are amazing. 
Um, but but anyway, like it, it, Blackula ends up being kind of moving in its ending, uh, which really surprised me. And I'm like, you know, there's a really there's a really solid idea for a movie here about a black vampire that's cursed by Dracula related to the slave trade and then wakes up, you know, millennia, millennia later. That's a do for like a dope, uh, like a uh, 824 remake it's, or something. It really is. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, there's, there's a cool like part a Jordan of Peele. something here that's trying to be really black representative that, uh, that Blackula just doesn't, uh, doesn't get to. Um, but uh, that was an experience. Cool. Um, well, Jeff Love wrote this. She's just fine. Are we just showing our vampire comics now? I guess I that's not Dracula. Dracula's in this. Okay. Uh, so I think I haven't read it. I did was uh, I, I did sometimes watch some Impractical Jokers, um, oh. just some nice downtime. Uh, most of what I did during downtime that I really had was um, I watched all but a single the single last episode of close enough on hbo max megan and i made the time and watched it i really like it um it's a really great spiritual successor to regular show which i'm not surprised about i I had no reason to suspect i wasn't going to enjoy it but it's solid it's a great show it's Mm -hmm. awesome uh i'm glad that it's around i love it um megan and i also finished until dawn today Woo! uh and with the exception of a really stupid controller mistake and uh just bad judgment on my part we almost saved all the characters but one uh that we wanted to which is pretty cool um that was a solid experience i enjoyed playing through that story uh it's been many years since i played that game but just looking at it again um Makes me excited to to try the Man of Madon thing. Me too, because because it's that experience, but just like instead of a full game, it's just like separate anthology episodes. Yeah. So they can really hone in on something really cool. Right. Uh, very excited. Yeah, I'm into that. I'm into that whole concept. I think they really nailed that. Yeah. That, that was a lot of fun. Um, I watched another episode of God of High School with the anime group. Um, we all got kind of mad about it because we've all been kind of like getting turned off from the show and kind of being like, yeah, whatever. And all of a sudden it had a really great episode. Yeah. Uh, like a super great episode. And we're all like, ah, but I just don't believe this is going to be the standard. I believe <laughs> this is unique and a one-off of quality. Mm-hmm. And um, we're hoping we're wrong, but probably not. I found out that the show is uh, only, only, t- only 13 episodes. Yeah, uh, anime seasons are short now, which is a blessing. Um, let's see. Uh, and the rest on this list I did with you. Mm. Uh, we the flip-flop. did Lovecraft Country, <laughs> which is obviously up on the feed We're right caught now up. at this moment. Caught up. Link, link, in, the, link in the description for uh, both our new, our new episodes of Lovecraft Country and our new book club episode. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we also finished The Boys. Duh, boys. The boys. Shoot, to watch. Guys, that show is, is so. Huh? You have not, Brandon? I have not yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, exceptional. Obviously, you guys were watching it, so you know it's good. It's like the quality doesn't yeah. end up. Yeah. That finale is something. Uh, there is, if you guys watch the New York Comic Con panel of The Boys, um, Carl Urban talks about, someone asked him, like, oh, what was like the hardest scene to film in The Boys? And he's like, there's, there's a specific scene in the finale. That obviously I won't spoil, but it's the most emotional I've ever been on on any set. And there's one specific look that Billy gives 
that's like I know exactly the moment he's talking about where his 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 like anger goes from like sadness to rage, and I'm like, and he's like crying, and I'm like, dude, he's this is this is like chilling, like like how good Carl Urban is. I'm like, and and Homelander's good. I'm like, man, this show's gonna win so many awards, but then but then Lovecraft Country is oh no, because uh, I'm only two episodes behind because of the thing that I've been dealing with, but yeah. uh, hopefully uh, Zara's out of town actually for the month, so we'll, we'll hopefully be able to finish it over Discord or something like that. Uh, so we can do our big nerd watch of it uh, soon. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And we'll obviously talk more about the boys in the near future. Uh, just we did finish it solid. If you aren't watching the boys, like you're one of the only people not watching it because it's literally like the most popular show on the planet, which is still unbelievable to me that this is the show that is one the hearts and wine minds of America. I think a lot of people come to it with like either we already like soup stuff. Yes. Or we don't like soup stuff and we see the show is criticizing soup stuff yeah. and then they stay for the commentary on on America capitalism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it turned into it hits so many so many different marks. Um and every episode's just so good. Like what what a blessing. Yeah. Uh and then Ryan, you and I also started another show. We started The Haunting of Bly Manor. Oh, we did. We watched one jolly good episode. And uh we picked up on that Greg Sestero, Mark from the room, is in this show. Yep. Briefly, but he's in it. And we were both like, man, that guy seems a lot like Greg Sestero. And I had to look it up and I'm like, oh my God, that is Greg Sestero. Yeah, I, I was giving him a side eye. He's not in, he's only in for like five minutes, but I was giving him a side eye. I'm like, that's that's straight up Mark. Hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. And I was like, is that is that Greg? And then he looked it up. I'm like, dude, yeah. good for that guy. That guy's in a, in a big Hollywood budget. Netflix show. Good for him. Uh, the first episode is really atmospheric and just kind of establishing everything, but it's it's very effective. Yeah. Um, the kids on the show are very good. They're very spooky. Uh, like, which the I, way, yeah. I, they're both kids from the first season, so definitely the girl. Yeah, yes, definitely I, the girl. The boy. The boy. I'm pretty sure too. He might have been a ghost or something. Um, but they're both very solid. Uh, and they're they're solid here as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Really, really solid so far we're one episode in but i'm enjoying it yeah nice. uh and that's really all i had time for i didn't have time to read any comics uh besides our book club this week or watch a lot of other things besides what we're going to talk about later um it's it's been a hectic time yeah you're a schoolboy. you said see you later boy yeah my um, time my time i picked up a lot of comics i didn't read all of them but these are the ones i did read um getting it together is a new cena grace independent comic cena grace um wrote the iceman comic for marvel he is an openly gay writer and he marvel was cool enough to have a gay writer write iceman after bendis outed him in a really gross way but but the character is out now so they got cena to write it um but they also canceled it after one year so uh he hates marvel and he left the company in kind of bad terms but uh this independent comic is very much a it's it's just it's just like a nice friends drama like there's like there's a an homage to friends in the very back, but it's just it's about people dealing with breakups and living in the city in San Francisco, and it's straight up just like it's just it feels like a CW drama, but like a really really good one. Um, and all the characters are really well written, and the art's beautiful. Uh, and it's it's I think the only comic I'm reading right now that is just about normal people, because even the book I'm going to talk about next, Lonely Receiver, very much deals with the same stuff. Like these are two books that are like 
uh, two sides of the same coin. Like they deal with similar topics, but this is just like, yo man, people deal with breaks up, breakups. That sucks. I also happened to read an article about a month ago of people talking about this comic coming out. Yeah. So I also picked up this issue one. I haven't had the time to read it, yeah. but I do have it. I appreciate it. So I'm, I'm glad to hear cool. that it's good. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, man, it's really cool. Cause like, obviously comics can be anything they want, but like we all gravitate towards like big, bombastic shit so sometimes it's nice to have a have a comic where just people talk to each other and i'm like yeah man i'm into it uh so going into the next book lonely receiver which i do like a whole lot more just because it's it's doing weird genre sci-fi stuff while also dealing with like intense grief of like what you do after like you lose the person who was your other half and in the case of this book it is if you guys seen the movie her it is an ai intelligence that is made for you and and the way that the character talks about like having their partner who is this AI leave her, it's like, I own her. Like she can't do this to me. And like, she has all the information. What is she going to do to me? And like all the different layers of, of like sadness and grief you go through. Um, but also with weird robot sci-fi shit. And it's like really, it's just super mature. And it's just, it's, it's a type of thing that like, I'd like an HBO show would do uh, that I don't see comics really, really uh, dive deep into. And I just, I really appreciate it. And also the art's really great. Uh, that book's great. Um, let's see. I read three X-Men books, X of Swords. Um, those books are good. Um, the, these tie-ins were more in line with what I thought, where I thought the tie-ins were going to be. They're not, at, this isn't a spoiler, they're not as big and bombastic. Like the Wolverine ones are about Wolverine. So like, they're still really dope. Hella dope. Yeah, um, right. like, I want to show you the, um, my copy of X of Swords number one, Creation. Yeah. I got the wraparound cover. Oh, Mark Brooks. Oh my God, so good. I got that, that one too. Insane. That dude's insane. Uh, because uh, when we went to the store, they had the regular one, but I was like, nah, they had the wraparound. I was like, I need that wraparound. You get it if you can, yeah. I actually didn't read that much more. Um, it was three. Oh, DC's Dead Planet. Wait, wait. Yeah. I need that wraparound is the sequel to Plugs and Gags. <laughs> if only it was a reach around, God, a reach around cover. God. Um, what did oh, I just read? Um. Oh Deceased. yeah, DC said planet. That um. Uh, are you still picking that up, Brandon? Or no, not yet. Not anymore. I'm trade waiting. No, that's fine. That's cool. Just um. That book's still really dope. And like the character development of the new Justice League with like John being Superman and Damian being Batman is so good. And I just I want that I want that book so bad. I want that book so bad, you guys. And I know we're never gonna get it. But Tom Taylor continues to just be like one of the best writers they have, and he's just writing side shit. And I'm just like, oh, just give him the Justice League. Just do it um that i bought like twice as many comics as that but i didn't read any of the other ones because a lot of them are like issues two or three of comics i haven't read previously um so that's all the comics i read i mostly as in yesterday played like eight hours of control so i beat control and i also beat the first dlc and i beat it at five in the morning today and i would have played started the second dlc but it wasn't installed so thank god for that because i would have stayed up until the crack of dawn. Oh, uh, you also did. No, no, no. Uh, I played until dawn. Oh, you I, did. Sorry, I would have. Yes, I was also, on the until dawn. Uh, you also uh, did the downright, downright annoyed, which is in the link in the description. Yes, I. Uh, we did a a a downright annoyed about speed cubers, which is a a doc series or doc movie about a uh, a professional Rubik's cubing, and it's a it's actually a really it's only forty minutes. It's a really sweet story about uh, training. Do you know the world record for a Rubik's Cube is, Brandon? That's how I do Rubik's Cubes. I stare blankly at somewhere that isn't the cube. And just <laughs> uh, I, watched the, I watched the same documentary. Okay, okay. So uh, I don't. What's the world record? No, take a guess. Like, how fast do you think someone can solve a Rubik's Cube? 
Uh, I think someone did it in about five seconds or less. Yeah, it's like 3.5 seconds. Fudge. I, how someone's brain can do that, and it's not a trick. There are like hundreds of kids who go to these competitions, and like they range like three to 10 seconds. And it's like, it's truly insane. It's truly insane what the human mind is capable of remembering and learning. Um, and it's all just math, but like I'm dumb, so I don't, I don't, you know, I don't do that. But I just want to talk about control real quick because, guys, I think legitimately that is I, I, definitely top 10, definitely top 10 games of all time for me, maybe top five, because it is the, the atmosphere and, and these, the locations that you go to uh have just never been done in a video game i've only ever seen them in comic books or crazy sci-fi movies um some of the stuff in that game is so wild um there's one specific thing i want to talk about and no matter how how uh cool it is that i describe it it would never actually properly uh uh like be what it is i'm not revealing anything because it is too cool i can never reveal how cool it really is there's this place inside the oldest tower, which is this tower that's existed since the dawn of time. It's connected to old Lovecraftian gods who have mankind's best interests at heart for some reason. It's never really explored. And one of the best things about the game is when you beat the game, it's not a spoiler. He's like, you know, some things just, we're not, we don't know all the answers to. And I'm like, yo, that's right. I watched Twin Peaks. Like you guys get it. Cause there's a lot of shit that just doesn't get explored. And I'm, and I love it for it. But the oldest house has this place called the Ash, the Ashtray Hotel. And it's a maze. It's actually called the Ashtray Maze. And you don't learn until a maze until you're mm. lost in it. So it's a maze that you walk through, and um, much like in Doctor Strange, you know how the world like warps, like like uh, like geography stuff like that. The walls around you are doing this as well. So you are getting lost in this maze that is rewriting itself as you walk through it. Um, and now I understand why people can't play this game on your PS4 because I can only imagine the processing power that this is doing to my computer because I had to turn my settings down because so much shit is happening on the screen, guys. It is so cool. It is so cool. I can't even tell you. So you can't get through this maze. So you have to go find the janitor who is the, the otherworldly guy who is the caretaker, but he's a Swedish man who doesn't speak English, but you go to him because he apparently has the answers. Uh, and he gives you his his cassette tape player. And he's like, my friends, my friends told me to give this to you. And you don't know what that means. So you put the headset on and then Norwegian heavy metal starts playing as you start walking through the maze and it actually starts guiding you. So now you're in a guided thing through this maze and the maze is seriously like you're running forward and like the maze is like going forward with you. So you're never actually progressing. And then the walls shift sideways and shift upwards and doors open and sideways. And it is like the most Doctor Strange shit I've ever seen in a video game. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen in a video game, I think. Like, I, I, my mind was blown. I was, like, 3 in the morning playing this, and I'm like, no game has ever done this before, and it's so cool, and I just can't wait for you guys to eventually play it. Um, and I have one more piece of DLC to play, and it's luckily the Alan Wake shit, um, and that's so exciting. Um, and I'm going to probably play that until the wee hours of the morning, and I work tomorrow, but I don't give a shit because I'm so, I am so invested in this world. I don't know if there's any comic books or anything, but, like, I love this world so much. Like, I hope... I can grow up and be a big boy and write comics and write the control comic because like I am so in love with the world and the characters and, and the environment. And it's just, it's the most like imaginative sci-fi thing I've maybe ever seen. And I just, and it's all boring bureaucracy and that's what makes it so cool. And like, Oh, I love it. I love control. And that's, that was my week. We got 13 minutes left. I love it. Uh, I real quickly, I played Star more Star Wars squadrons. I've almost finished it. It's a short game. Uh, yeah. That game's a, a lot of fun. That's, that game's a lot of fun. How's the story? It's all right. Okay. It the game more than makes up for it in gameplay, so I don't mind that the story is very thin. And again, much like um, much because it's VR and you do the lot a lot a lot of the, like the point click 
type of thing. Uh, you get a lot of story if you talk to the characters, but you ended up talking to them for like two minutes. Yeah. Uh, and it's just that, that one person is like, blah, 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 blah. I remember blah, 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 blah. Um, but it does have uh, the first non-binary character in Star Wars, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, played by Bex Taylor Klaus, from, who's frequented many shows we have watched. Um, Arrow, yeah. Voltron. Um, that, that was cool that, that, that they got to do that. I love it. That's all I got. Yeah. Should we do our uh, BNB? One more, thing, one more thing before. I also wanted to mention, I forgot to mention earlier, but I got my new hat from a Neon Retro Arcade. They have an online store. I've been there. Uh, yep, they're they're um, they're hurting because of the pandemic. So, guys, support your local businesses. All that jazz. <laughs> Absolutely love this hat. Glad I got it. That's about it. I think Thanks. I'm directed by Ryan Johnson. Sure, that's cool. Hey Ben, you know what's the best thing that you can do to support your local businesses? Vote. Oh yeah. You need to vote. You need to go vote. vote. There's there's no excuse. Go you vote for vote. Be All right. Vote. Mail in your ballot. I don't care. Vote. <laughs> Even if you didn't, even if it's not a mail-in ballot, mail it anyway. <laughs> Just give it a shot. Um, all right, let's move on. And here's your bread and your butter. Here's your bread and butter. Hey, okay, not in my ear, thank you. Uh, we got some sad news to get through before the happy Ooh. stuff. Yeah, that's um, We lost two um, legend, legendary musicians this week. Uh, Johnny Nash passed away at 80 and Eddie Van Halen died of cancer at the age of 65. Yep. That, it's a punch, man. Yeah, that was a blow. Yeah, the the Eddie Van Halen one, um, that hurt me the most because as you guys know, but if you don't, but if you didn't, uh, Van Halen was the first concert I ever went to. 13 years old, August 2004 at the Stable Center. I begged my dad to take me because I was starting to get into Van Halen then and we saw the show and it was, it was truly an amazing show. I will always remember there was a, a curtain on the stage. It was a, just a black and sta- uh, just a, a black stage, not a lot of stuff on it. And when the opening keys to jump started playing, the curtain dropped to reveal this big giant monitor. Out comes Sammy Hagar. Out comes uh, Anthony with his Jack Daniels bass guitar. Out comes Eddie, Alex, the entire band. And they just, it was an amazing show. And just to hear that he passed away on Tuesday, I mean, it hurt because Van Halen is one of the earliest bands I started listening to when I knew when besides the Beatles, that was like, this band is really good. And yeah. even after yeah. I, the Eddie Van Halen was one of my musical, um, he was to me, he was a, a god. I wanted to play the guitar like him. And that in Christmas, when after when I listened to uh, the Van Halen one for the first time, I asked my parents for a guitar and they got me one. I didn't really learn how to play it, but my brother did, and he's a really good guitar player. And of course, Van Halen is one of his very first um, influences. So, yeah, it 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 it, it was sad. I I remember I was driving home from work on that Tuesday, just blasting and singing along to Dreams, and I almost started crying a little bit. Johnny that... Nash uh, was famous for uh, I can see clearly now, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, so yeah. you know, another that's 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 upsetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it was uh, it was really sad when Eddie Van Halen passed away. It was also really sad to watch Johnny Nash kind of get forgotten in the mix yeah. uh, throughout the week because of it. Um, uh, that was sad too. Um, that's nobody's fault. That's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, 
so I'm glad that we get to talk about both of them. Uh, yeah, Van Halen's dope. Um, it sucks to lose Eddie. I'm glad he lived as long as he did. Um, but that's still that's still a kick in the pants. Uh, and in a in a twisted way, I'm I'm kind of glad that it wasn't the coronavirus that got him. Yeah. yeah. Um, while we're talking about musicians, uh, I wasn't sure if I read this this week or not, but um, the original. Uh, oh no, this was never mind. This was a long time ago. I'm not gonna repeat it. Never mind. This was like I saw this news, but it got retweeted just like t- recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just found out about it. But the original lead singer from the Red Hot Chili Peppers passed away months ago. But that's oh. that's um, yeah, that's old news. Sorry. That's um, okay. Shall we shall we get into the rest of the, the news then? Other the stuff. News. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So a lot of new release dates were uh, revealed this week uh, because of the coronavirus. Uh, because theaters are still closed. Uh, Studios still want to try and get their movies into theaters whenever they can. So movies, so I'll just go down the list. The Batman was pushed from its October 1st, 2021 release date to March 4th, 2022. Wow. Uh, the Flash was moved from its June 2nd, 2022 release date to November 4th, 2022. Uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods was pushed from November 4th, 2022 uh, to June 2nd, 2023. Oh wow! Away. The year two thousand twenty-three sounds like a really far away, but it's only like three years. It is. It's just it just this year is almost over. A whole yeah. lot can change in three years. Yeah. Of course, I really hate when someone said nineteen ninety is just as far away as twenty fifty, and I hate that. Yep, it's awesome. Gonna feel great. <laughs> no. Black Black Adam was pushed from December twenty-second, twenty twenty-one to sometime. They have not announced when. Question mark, question mark, question After mark. After that huge panel. Yep. Um, Matrix 4 was actually moved up from its April 1st, 2022 release date to December 22nd, 2021. Yeah, that movie's in, pre- or in post-production. Yeah. And uh, Minecraft was moved from March 3rd, 2022 to an indetermined date. There's a Minecraft movie coming out? I, for- I forgot that they were making that. It, uh, Rob McElhaney from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia was supposed to direct that, but that was announced like years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Years ago. That's okay. So uh, was Black <laughs> But We have information about that. We have no Minecraft information. Uh, Jurassic World Dominion was pushed a whole year from June 11th, 2021 to June 10th, 2022. Yeah. Wow. Um, because they're, they're having COVID cases. Yeah, spike again. Yeah. Dinosaurs get COVID. It's the worst. Uh, Dune. We knew it. We mm-hmm. knew they were going to give me more time to read that book. Way more time than I thought, though. Uh, yeah. December 18th, 2022. 2020 was its original release date, and now it has moved to October 1st, 2021. That's a that's a big jump. That, that is a, that's a huge jump. Yeah, that's too much. Everybody on the... I mean, it gives me uh, plenty of time. Now I'm going to be starting to move soon. You so. literally have 14 months. I do. Like, you can read all three. You months. underestimate my power. <laughs> yeah, my procrastination. Uh, all right. Monster Hunter was actually moved up from April 23rd, 2021 to December 30th, 2020. Excited for that? Yeah. That's going to VOD. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like it is. It looks like it should be. I bet I bet it'll get limited, limited theater release yeah. here, yeah, and then wide theater release, and then VOD not long after, yeah. But yeah. but it'll start just in theaters, I bet. By the way, pre-orders are up for New Mutants. All right, um, 
When's they a have a, I, a pre-order for when I can pirate it. I wish I knew I wanted to watch that movie because uh, they have a kick-ass eel book, which is made out of the the poster, the white poster with them coming through the wall. That's, yeah. I'm like, that's pretty sick. And then the inside is like all their heads, but the skull designs. Don't listen, FBI, but I will definitely pirate that movie. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Soul. Probably the biggest move outside of uh, Dune yep. is that Soul will be skipping theaters altogether and will debut on Disney Plus on December 25th at no extra cost. For free. Mm. I That's suspect. That's don't, weird. I don't like that they're doing it. It's it, I'm not going to lie. It's weird. It's like That seems like a movie. Because that... here's the thing. That's a really nice look. Like uh, Pete Doctor and people at Pixar made a really nice statement where they're like, everybody needs this. It's a Christmas gift, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I'm like, that's really nice. You know who is paying for Soul? All the people that just got laid off at the Disney parks. Mm-hmm. That's who's paying for Soul. That's why they're giving it to you for free. I mean, I'm not saying like those things are one-to-one, but it's choices like that that are the reason why the company's doing things like that. I think also it has a lot to do with uh, the Mulan experiment didn't work. That's certainly true. And I can see releasing Soul for less, mm-hmm. but not nothing. But yeah, like I would still drop it for at minimum 10. Yeah. Like dropping it for nothing is doesn't make a lot of sense. That movie was made to earn money for the company and they're releasing it in a way where it's not going to other than, the, other than their hope that it's going to get any more subscribers than they already have, which has to be a bunch. Um, and I and I don't like it because I know that that means cut somewhere else in the company to make up for it. Pixar I just know it does, regardless yeah. of if it's the, the Disney Parks ones, which, I again, like, not, not one for one, but we're going to see more examples like that, especially if, like, theaters don't open up again. So making a choice like that, I'd rather they that they charge 10 or $15 rather than, like, taking it out on other people who already work in the companies. Right. Yeah. What are you going to say? Uh, Pixar movies aren't cheap. Like, this, I, I'm, it is kind they of... They also make a ton. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, I'm, I'm, even if Mulan didn't work, that doesn't mean... I, I still figured they would charge us money anyway. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean a big like, like like Mulan. Even, again, even if it didn't work, like how much did they make? Like thirty million. That's no, that's no small amount of money. That's a decent amount of money. Like, you need to make your money back somehow, and you're not going to get it back through subscriptions. Like, Soul will sell some subscriptions, sure, but it's not going to make you that money. No. Mm-hmm. Well, no matter what, I think what Mulan showed a lot of people what we've already been talking about was that the VOD market uh, cannot make the kind of profit that a theater market can. Mulan didn't make a profit, didn't make an extra profit. It, it thirty million dollars is not even close. No, um, sure. So I think the fear, I think the, I think, obviously not the only reason, but you know they looked at the fact that Mulan, nobody, not a lot of people bought Mulan. Um, it didn't make a whole lot of money, so they were just like, let's just put Soul on for free. So they, I do think you know, that was that's probably part of it. Um, but yeah, this like Spark says, it means there's cuts somewhere else. I mean, that's it's gonna lose a ton of money. Pixar movies make a billion dollars sometimes. Yes, that's a, and this one looks like one of their big hitters. Yeah, uh, like Inside Out, um, because it's from the same person. Uh, it it uh, it is frustrating only in the sense that I I would hate to be that person who's told we have to lay you off because we're not making enough in earnings while knowing they dropped a movie worth a billion dollars for free mm-hmm. to everybody. 
and cut you out as part of the collateral for it. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that was necessary. I understand dropping it on Disney plus at a lower price tag than what Mulan dropped at, but dropping it at nothing is just, it it seems wasteful. It seems like they're not taking advantage of what they have. I'm like, drop it for five, drop it for 10, drop it for anything. You want to be nice around Christmas time. I get it, do it, but don't just take the L on it. Soul cost $159. Yeah. So like, that I mean, again, like it's really shitty that they're like, "Hey, we're gonna give you all of this for free," but then like uh, internally, they're like, "How are we gonna make this back?" Like that's real shitty. How are we yeah. gonna cut costs to make that work? I'm like, eh, eh, I get it. Um. Okay. Let's move on. Uh, because movies were not the only things that got pushed back. The Eternals comic book uh, from Kieran Gillen and uh, Asad Rebek has been pushed uh, to January. Not that long. Not Two long. months. Um, um, no longer coming not- out in November. Yeah. Um. I think I, I don't know if it's in the news or not, but um, Ryan Otley was on Twitter talking about how artists who work 12 to 14 comics a year, who draw 12, 12 to 14 comics a year, uh, are killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, oh, I had a I had a thought. What was what did you just you just said it, Brendan? I'm sorry. What uh, what's the topic you're talking about? Eternals. 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 Yeah. Todd Riddick is such an insane artist. He needs more time to work on that book. Uh, and so give him as much time to delay. Cause like, I don't, I want that dude on that book for as long as he can. Unfortunately, he takes a long time. He's a, he's an artist. Yeah. That's great though. Yeah. Um, and the only other bit of comic book news we'll talk about is Transformers Beast Wars is getting a 25th anniversary, uh, comic book. Uh, oh, it's been 25 cool. years since that show came out. So it's getting a new comic book from IDW in February of 2021. Oh, um, dear. This says the Transformers Beast Wars comic series will welcome fans to a future set. Ah, I lost it. It's gone forever. Um, oh, yeah. Future <laughs> Cybertron uh, populated by scientific minded Maximals and action oriented Predacons. When the successor, when the successor to the Megatron name steals a golden disc and a ship capable of time travel, uh, tra- <gasps> of traveling through time, only Optimus Primal and a team of Maximals, Rat Trap, Rhinox, Cheetor, and a new character, Nix, can't stop them. Cool. In years. God, that takes me back. That show used to be on Netflix, and I watched an episode of that. I was like, man, this aged badly. Yeah. I remember watching Beast Wars on Fox Kids because it aired right before Digimon. Cuban. And I had a lot of the toys, and my parents were mad that I wanted Beast Wars toys because I could never fully transform them until I got older. Okay, but Beast Wars. Yeah. Let's talk about it real quick. Beast Wars is is legit awesome. Um, and here, it, like the the show is set in the past of Earth, but the future of Cybertron. And they meet the dormant uh, Cy- Cybertronians of Optimus Prime, Bumblebee on Earth. It, they're not even revealed that it is Earth until their moon, until their second moon gets destroyed, and all of a sudden you're like, oh dang, oh, oh, you're on Earth. That show's Welcome cool. Welcome to Earth. If only it looked good. Uh, yeah, the the animation. The animation does that sure that does that well, show no justice. We're getting Beast Wars shit in um season three of that bad show. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You made me sad. Sorry. <laughs> I'll buy the DVD of Beast Wars. There you go. Um okay. HBO Max had a lot of news this week that was not related to uh, New York Comic Con. Um, uh, but they kind of like was like, hey, cool things are happening. So here's our new cartoon series, Bat Wheels. Uh, um, a new cartoon, Cartoon Network HBO Max uh, series uh, based on the Batmobile. I, see, I thought this was a joke when it was first announced. Me no, too. 
in Teen Titans Go to the Movies where yeah. they, they make a movie about the car before they make a movie about Robin. It is, it is a preschool age show. So yeah, we're not the audience. Sense. Yeah, that makes We're sense. We're not the audience, to be fair. But just to tell you what it's about, uh, it will feature Batman's trusty Batmobile, Bam. That's cute. <laughs> and other vehicles. And other vehicles like Jet the Batwing and Buff the Bat Truck as young, sentient characters on the streets of Gotham. Those vehicles will be joined by others like BB the Batgirl Cycle and Red the Redbird. Together, under the leadership of Bam, this superhero team of cars is known as the Bat Wheels. Where, where's Pow the Bat Plow? <laughs> where, where's Benny the Bat Boat? Yeah. Wait, I there want to read one more. We saw one in Batman Forever. I want to read one more, uh, yeah. one more quote about the show. The sentient vehicles will find themselves newly created by the Bat Computer, and the series will show the team navigate the growing pains of being a newly formed super team, as well as the growing pains that come with just being a kid. I. What is the show? What are you? <laughs> no, I get it. Okay, but I'm just like, what is Batman also in the show? <laughs> no. Is this like car? Is this cars? The cars universe? I think so. like it. Yes, I love it. I'm just trying to figure out like like what does the show look like? There's like uh, what, like, were, like, what like the, the cars, like the cars have the eyes, like where the yeah. headlights. Oh, Max is kidding. That's cute, man. If they want to use cars to teach kids or whatever, I don't yeah. Know. I mean, okay, but what again, looking again, we're not the audience. No, yeah, yeah. we're not. It, it's a preschool show, so okay, I get it. I get it. I can't yeah. wait to see Mr. Freeze, the ice cream truck. That's hundred <laughs> percent a thing, guaranteed. Oh God, Joker's gonna be a clown car. Oh yeah, of course. Who's Penguin gonna be? Is he Penguin gonna be like a stretched black and white? No, it's Zamboni. Yeah. No, oh, I was God. gonna say, you know those, you know those Hot Wheel cars that are designed to look like, uh, look like characters from comic books. Oh, that. Oh, okay. I'm trying to think, and Poison Ivy could be like a Tesla. Mm. Oh. Electric gonna vehicle? No, it goes. Bane's going to be a monster truck. No, Bane's going to be a Hummer. Yeah, he's got to be a huge car. No, Poison Ivy runs on vegetable oil. God, what rabbit hole are we you in need to You need to get in that writer's room, Ben, right now. Maybe. Why? Because you're coming up with gold, sir. Apparently, I came digging for copper, but I found gold. Oh. All right. Prospector. Probably the biggest news to come out of HBO Max was the other DC show that they talked about. Uh, we knew that Green Lantern was going to come to to HBO Max as a TV series. Now we have more information on that. Uh, it's going to be a ten episode series from Seth Graham Smith, who will be the showrunner and co-write the series with friend of the show Mark Guggenheim. Goobs, the goobs. Um, um, you real quickly, I want to talk about Seth Graham Smith. Uh, you will also know you will know him as the, the writer of the screenplay for Lego Batman the movie and the novel and movie for Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Mm-hmm. He was also going to have his directorial debut on the Flash movie before he left that. He sure was. Yeah, uh, that dude's a a uh, really funny writer. I will say, mm-hmm. uh, he's definitely yeah. got good writing chops. I do say. I do remember highly enjoying the Lego Batman movie. Yeah, yeah. I also really like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. So, yeah. so do I, but I really need to watch that movie again. It's been years. And I saw um, it on a plane, and it was loud. Do you have there any, was... more, any more information about this? Yes. Um, yeah. an, an image was released uh, to coincide with the characters of that show uh, that are going to be in the show. Um, so real quickly, here's the log line. From HBO Max, DC, Berlanti Productions, and Warner Brothers Television, 
comes a bold adaptation of the iconic comic book franchise, a saga spanning decades and galaxies. Green Lantern will depict the adventures of a multitude of lanterns, including Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, and Alan Scott, Earth's first Green Lantern who, true to the comics, is a gay man, and many more. The series will also include fan favorites such as Sinestro and Kilowog, and will also introduce new heroes to the ranks of the Green Lantern Corps. Well, true to the new fifty-two one, but that's still cool. That's the, the, the Alan Scott, the Alan Scott being gay thing. I do want to mention uh, Earth Two. Alan Scott uh, is gay. Earth One, Earth Justice Society. Alan Scott is not, except that they've been implying that he is, even though he was also still married to Harlequin and has Obsidian, a gay superhero, and Jade, who has the same power as him. Um, yeah, that's like a new fifty-two development, right? Yeah, yeah. but now old, now old Alan Scott is being retconned to be gay. That's what happened with Iceman as well. Yeah. 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 So this is, so, so uh, I like this lineup of, of Lanterns a lot. He's in his, yeah. Alan as a favorite of mine. I love Alan Scott. His uh, costume is his classic costume. So it leads me to believe that he'll be like an old guard uh, oh, Green Lantern. I, I hope that he's still, I hope that he doesn't have a lantern, the, the same lantern ring. I hope that they like keep true to the, to his origins, which is that he has the star heart and not, and can't work it against wood. This is why yeah. Solomon Grundy is his villain. Yeah. 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 But I love it. I the the ten the ten episode thing. Like, of course, it's like it's an HBO thing. So, like, but like that that makes me more excited. Um, not not to to, to bash on our on our good friend the Googs. Uh, not all of his superhero output is is always the, the top quality. Mm-hmm. Especially with the last time he tried Green Lantern. Of course, that's not all his fault. Um, so that makes me kind of excited. Like he. He really does want to try again, much like a Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool. Like I like this character so much, I really want to get it right. So that mm-hmm. kind of gives me give me some some excitement. It's more specifically, I like this universe so much because Hal Jordan's not in this. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. And also, I'm glad Simon Baz is getting his due because he kind yeah. of gone. He, I feel like because so, after when New Fifty Two was like getting, um, oh god, what's the word? He was in the Justice League in the first run of Rebirth. Yeah, um, first yeah. Justice League, him and Jessica Cruz, but since then they've been gone. Jessica yeah, Cruz, however, was in Justice League Odyssey. Just want to point out. Well, just Jessica Cruz, I feel they're giving a lot more um, screen time, but Simon Baz, it kind of swept under the rug. Uh, the comics, yeah. and this is this is partially Jeff John's fault, but uh, damn it, the Jeff. comics didn't know what to do with Simon and Jessica, really. Yeah. I mean, because like, I like how Jessica was the Earth 3 powering and then became a Green Lantern. I like yeah. that. But, um, yeah. That's like, so there's no mention, as we've talked about, there's no mention of Hal, Hal, John, or Kyle. I, I my theory, I think they, they want to save him for a potential movie. Yeah. I would, I would, yeah, I either imagine that they're, because those are kind of like the big hitters in yeah. a way. I mean, like they're saving them for a movie or like a late, a late, like second season, late season kind of reveal thing. Yeah. 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 Uh, because the Green Lantern world is so big, you, you yeah. think that they'd want the show to be supporting whatever film they do. Um, but it it would leave me. This isn't an issue. They can totally do this. They're HBO. Uh, these this is prestige television. But you know you got to cast Sinestro thinking that way if that's yeah. what we're going to do. If not, he shows not a, a movie. Not a uh, this is Doom Patrol. Uh, not even Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. I, I think I would give more credit to Titans level. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I, I I totally agree with that. I'll, I just want to say real quickly, I think the show has potential to do Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz the kind of justice they've needed since their introduction. Mm-hmm. I just, I agree. I would just love a Green Lantern something. That'd be cool. Yeah, so I'm super stoked for this. This was this was I think the second most exciting news that happened to me this week. 
So is this the show that's going to be called Green Lantern Corps that was teased at Comic-Con? No, Green Lantern Corps is still the movie that they potentially want to do. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's that. what we've heard about in forever. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It sounds like they're kind of working on this And first if they were to, to want to do it, yeah, it, it, I feel like it would have to build off of this. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hey, bring back Green Lantern, the animated series. All right. Um, hello, K. Titus. Hey, Titus. How's it going, hey, buddy? Um, okay. Lumberjanes. Has anybody here read the Boom Studios Lumberjanes comic? No. Only the first volume. All right. Well, Lumberjanes is getting an HBO Max TV series, a movie and TV series from the writer of the comic book, Noelle Stevenson. Uh, she is going to write, direct, and executive produce the feature film, uh, which will be followed by a television series. No word if it's live action or animated, but there was a uh, live action movie in production until Disney bought Fox. Yep. This is, uh, I haven't read it, but I know this has a massive following online. Um, yeah. When this got announced, um, well, the, the creator was very excited, but also so many of my friends online were stoked. Yeah. Um, this is a, a very uh, beloved comic. Uh, it's a comic I definitely want to follow up on uh, more. I thought it was really solid and well done. Um, so I'm really stoked about this news myself. Did it have like a crossover with a backstagers? Com- there you go. Uh, and Gotham Academy. Um, K Titus says, uh, I put up a special video today, the story of Batman and Superman. Okay, yeah, promote your stuff on our channel. Thanks, dude. No, Hell I'm yeah. kidding. Uh, <laughs> check out his, uh, check out that video if you guys want to do that. I'll, I'll check it out later. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. I also like Gotham Academy. That book was awesome. Mm-hmm. Some Netflix news that happened this week. Uh, most notably that the TV series Glow um, was canceled after three seasons after being renewed for a fourth and final early this year. That's when you started watching it. It's, it's even dumber than that. Uh, it's, it's not just that. It's that the writers have already been paid for the whole season. The main cast has already been paid for the whole season. They're being told to just keep the money and they're not going to make the show. I don't get it. Make the show. Make Everyone the show. has just been like, if it's just because of coronavirus, everybody would wait. It's not like you're a, a broadcast network where you have to be concerned about holding out for ratings. Yeah, Everybody already is waiting. Yeah, yeah exactly. Everybody's like, we'd wait three whatever years. It doesn't matter. We want the end of the show that we were promised and looking forward to. And all the scripts are done. Uh, like, it's just sitting there waiting to be made. And they paid for most of it. So it doesn't make a lot of sense. Netflix, you yeah. dumb. That's real dumb. That is yes, dumb. Really dumb. A, lot of, a lot of fans are pissed off. Um, a lot of people have been pointing out, rightly so, uh, I, having watched Glow earlier this year, that show is fantastic. There are not a lot of female ensemble shows. They just really don't happen a lot. And this is a great one. And to have it kind of cut off at the knees in a really silly way, something that seems really cumbersome and unnecessary sucks. Um, People deserve that finale. Uh, I I do think that they should just make the whole season. They already put out so much into it. Um, But uh, even if it ultimately just turned into a Netflix film, finish the story, like let them finish this glow had a following uh, that was pretty impactful. That's wild that, that all that money got exchanged and they're still just like, nah, Netflix we're, we're bank. We're basically bankrupt, but you can still keep all that money. Like, that's weird. That's, That's just why they're bankrupt. Exactly. They make such interesting decisions. Um, and uh, it's not like Glow isn't a show people don't like. People like that show. Yeah. Uh, well, this is the most people ever watching our live stream ever. We can't see what it says. I can't see the number. Oh, it says six. Oh, oh cool. right on. Four. Six people. Six of you. I love you. I know two of you. There you uh, go. Okay. Yeah, Maggie Kate Titus, but besides that, hello. All right. I'm going to skip that one for now. Go back to that. Loop back around. 
Uh, you guys remember Bee and Puppycat? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you put that in the news. Yeah, Bee and Puppycat is getting a second season called Lazy in Space from Netflix in 2022. Good job, Netflix. Yeah, this is yeah. great. I'm very That's happy real, about it. It's real cool. I really like Bee and Puppycat. Bee and Puppycat was a popular uh, webtoon show uh, that got popular enough to get its own comic book for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really glad to see it come back. Yeah. Uh, after I said there were six people watching us, it went down to four. So uh, screw yeah, you all. Yeah, announce it. That's what she did. Oh, it looks really cute. Being oh, have you never seen it, Ryan? Nope. It's funny. Uh, it's yeah. my, you know, it's Feder- it's Federator. So you know they were doing at the time that being Puppycat, they had started Braves Warriors and Adventure Time. Yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Netflix has also picked up Blue Samurai, Blue Eye Samurai, uh, a new anime series written uh, and executive produced by Michael Green and Amber. Noisumi. I hope I pronounced that right. I apologize. Uh, the show will tell the tale of a mixed race master of the sword who lives a life in disguise while seeking revenge in Edo period Japan. Uh, the cast includes Maya Erickson, uh, Erskine, George Takei, Masioka, Randall Park, Kerry Hiroyuki, Tagawa, uh, Brenda Song, and Darren Barnett. It's nice to see Masioka doing something again. Yeah, yeah. I miss him. Yeah. Pretty sure the last thing I saw him do was die in the Meg. Oh, oh yeah. God, it was. What a bad movie. Three years ago. Um, and then the other thing that happened at Netflix, well, one of the other things, is that they have decided to no longer produce a series based on the Mark Millar comic, The Magic Order. Um... I mean, I, it's the time of Corona. Love in the time of cholera. I get it. Isn't isn't are, isn't their whole thing to like build a Millar world? Yes, they that? own they own Millar yeah. world. So the Magic Order was going to be the first one because like that was like I read that first issue. It's a de- it's fine. It's a fine first issue. But you know, Magic Society people, blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, it was going to be like we're they paid him like millions of dollars to have Netflix be the home to all of his properties. Yeah, this is the first one that was going to happen, and it's immediately it's canceled. Netflix is making some weird choices. Well, Jupiter's Jupiter's something. Jupiter's Jupiter's actually was already. Oh, sorry. That one's actually done filming. That one's still coming out. Um, Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I can't get over the glow thing. That really pissed me off. It pissed me off just to know it was canceled, but it really pissed me off when I found out, wait, you're already giving them all that money and you're just being like, nah, guys, we're not going to wait. Just million dollars of paying all your famous Just people. move on. And yeah. I'm like, why? the damn show. All of the cast has been so vocal too on yeah. like Twitter and social media being like, yo, we all would have waited. Oh yeah, of course. Good. Of they, should, they should be vocal. So uh, I, I was mistaken. I knew I was wrong about this, but Green Lantern was actually not the second most exciting thing that happened news that happened to me it was in fact godzilla singular point oh yeah a new netflix animated godzilla series uh an anime uh from director atsushi takahashi um it's got a full creative team already uh people that i am going to butcher but here we go um ken sawada composer for uh door door films and and series and series such as uh yeah yeah jesus yoamushi pedal okay um to enjo a japanese science fiction novelist making his tv debut as editor and writer for the series uh kazu kato a creator of blue exorcist and the hit comic currently serialized in jump square 
will serve as the character designer. And they showed what the characters look like in a little bit teaser of Godzilla. I really like them so far. I love the design of Godzilla. Um, Animator uh, Eiji Yamamori, uh, whose past work includes iconic studio Ghibli films, including Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, and The The Wind Rises. So it's got a lot of people on it. Uh, the anime hails from My Hero Academia Studio, Bones, and Black Bullets Orange. I had that next, that look, next bit, yes. Look, yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah. I'm not getting too excited yet, because I got burned last time. True. Um, at least it'll look better. But uh, but at least, hopefully, it'll look better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that... Uh, I think I'm at a place right now where I can actually say Godzilla Planet <laughs> Eater, the third one, is a, a, a good movie. That's fine. Um, I'm never going to watch it. It's got it. two movies before it that seem real shit. So, um, yeah. So, I, look, I'm excited for this. I love the, like I said, I love the design of Godzilla. We saw the character designs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like it. So, I'm excited for more Godzilla. I don't even care if it's bad anymore. I mean, I do. I'd rather it be good. But yeah. this was, I, I care this if it's bad. <laughs> this was so funny that this came out because the whole Godzilla fandom was talking about how sick and tired of our, uh, uh, that we are that the, that anytime there is news about Godzilla versus Kong, it is only that the banner has changed color. <clears throat> and and it, that's happened like 10 times. Not even, not even kidding. Uh, that we've just been like Godzilla versus Kong, new look, new banner. It's the same banner but with a different color background. Yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about. So it was really exciting when they were like, Oh my God, actual news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, it's nice. It, it's, it's cool. I'm, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yes. Blue Exorcist uh, designs are cool, so hopefully those designs will be cool. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the show, but I do think the designs are cool. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, this is right before we get into the New York Comic Con stuff. Uh, will be not New York Comic Con news. Uh, by the way, I'm going to try and time code all the news blocks that we do in the description below. So if I did that, uh, you're welcome. If not, uh, suck it. I'm sorry. Skip every 30 seconds like I do on ads when I listen to Sony podcasts. There you go. Uh, all right. So the untitled, this didn't even rank in my most excited things. And I'm excited for it. Anyway, untitled third MCU Spider-Man movie uh, has Benedict Cumberbatch returning as Doctor Strange. Cool. You brought up a good point about your unexcitement. Uh, I, I realized looking at Twitter that I was not the only one that kind of went, all right. Yeah. And it's weird to be that way about it, but I really was. It's it's like cool. Uh, and I think Patrick Willems, I think, was the person who I thought described it the best. Where it's it's almost it's super bizarre that we've reached the same point where if I'd heard that this was happening in a comic, it's pretty much the same level of excitement right yeah. now. It's yeah. uh, rather than like rather than like flipping out. I'll tell you what happening. it is. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. It's just expected at this point. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, we we are fully integrated into a shared universe where these characters are going to be popping in every movie. If, when I see that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I don't go, whoa, what does this mean? I'm like, of course, another hero is going to appear in another hero's movie. I'm not. We live in 2020. That's the universe we did live in. Did you see the? Did you guys see the CBR article where they were just like, uh, uh, the Hulk, the She-Hulk TV series should go into Bruce Banner's childhood and it's like, or it could just be about She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Or it could be about Jennifer Walters. No, we're whatever. we don't give that. Uh, wonder if Aunt May will meet Strange. Uh, says, says oh, Maggie. she needs a new bearded boyfriend. You never know. I'm sure she will. Although, so, like, <laughs> no, and, like here's the thing. I'm not sorry, but real quickly, it's not that I'm not excited for it because I am. I'm, you know, we. I've had so much time away from the MCU that I'm just kind of like, 
uh, okay, I'm back in. I want to watch some. I want to watch MCU again. So I'm excited. But there were so many other things that I was just like, oh my god. So no, I mean, like, it's not. It's all again. Like it's not like unexcitement. It's just. Uh, it's just like on a much lower level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, 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 it's on a lower level than the Jamie Foxx news right now because that was wild. See that that uh, is more interesting yeah. news right. because. The uh, one of the Avengers showing up in another Avengers movie. Shocking. Wow. Like uh, the only two things I really feel about this is that I'm very intrigued about the timeline of, of events between WandaVision to the, and this and the Doctor this Strange is before sequel. Doctor Strange. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, and the other thing is um, I, I personally am. I want to hold off still further away from a live action Spider-Verse experience personally yeah i know that there's a whole bunch of the fandom that's out there wanting that hardcore and i get it this, uh this, but this but yeah. this seems like it's going even further in that direction i'm like i get it but i'll it's tell just you not what where i want to be personally i can guarantee that uh this is this isn't the spider-verse movie but this is the spider-verse setup movie. yeah that's that's because that, that, that's kind of my point doctor multiverse of madness is going to be the multiverse movie that explodes everything and then i think the next spider-man movie will probably probably be pretty wacky if it's not already Sinister Six. I, I just, I want one Spider-Man Spider -Man. movie with Tom Holland where he does things like the things that were in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Where he's actually swinging around the city yeah. and he's like, hey kid, uh, I got your back on that bully situation and then swing off. Guys, some of those moments in Amazing Spider-Man 2 are really good. I didn't watch that movie again recently, but I watched those clips. Um, oh, I watched X-Men 2 again because it is just now on Disney+. Mm. Plus. Uh, it's still good. Yeah, I just... I want one Tom Holland Spider-Man movie where he doesn't have to have an MCU um, yeah. daddy. Yeah. And I, I want him to just go be Spider-Man in the city for one. Yeah, that's one my movie. that's my other thing is I was just kind of hoping for like a Spider-Man movie. Yeah, I mean, I knew we weren't going to get that based on how far from home ended like that. This wasn't going to be that yet, but mm -hmm. I just want one. I just um, want one. Yeah, I, I, I do agree. So we know about uh, Netflix producing a uh, Resident Evil origin movie. I guess there's a Resident Evil animated series, animated movie or something coming soon. There's no nope, nobody will confirm. Uh, no, that movie that movie's real. There's there's been like ten Resident Evil animated movies. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's not real. It's just uh, I don't know if you if you saw this, but Netflix Dutch Netflix accidentally posted the reveal trailer for a new uh, animated Resident Evil movie that was immediately taken down. Um, and no other Netflix account said it. So Netflix got something, but they're just yeah. not saying what it is. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, probably just an accident thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the studio who made the first six Resident Evil films uh, is coming back to do Resident Evil, a Resident Evil origin movie, uh, which will not be connected to the first six. So this is the reboot we talked about a little while back after yeah. the final chapter came out. Um, it's going to be set in 1998 on a fateful night in Raccoon City. Uh, directed by Johannes Roberts, uh, who directed both of the 47 Meters Down films. Okay. Um, and and he, he had this quote where he was like, I really just wanted to take the series back to its Resident Evil 1 and 2 roots. Um, okay. So the cast, the whole cast was announced. We're getting two brand new Resident Evil things like around the same time. That's so yeah. nice. And we kind of knew we were heading for that, yeah. But it's 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 just, crazy to know that it's really going through because usually we, one of those projects dies on the way. Like we just talked about that Netflix TV show one, yes, yeah. Uh, Kyle uh, Kaya Scod 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 uh, Scodelario, 
Sure. From Maze Runner. Uh, uh, they're from Maze Runner. We'll play Claire Redfield. Hannah John Kamen from uh, who was actually Ghost in Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, he's dope. Yeah. Uh, we'll play Jill Valentine. He's Jill. That's pretty good. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Amell will play Chris Redfield. That's not bad. Yeah. Tom Hopper, who is uh, Luther in Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Uh, we'll oh, play. Yeah. We'll play Albert Wesker. <gasps> that is perfect casting, dude. Isn't that oh, dope as hell? He's gonna Avan, rule as Wesker. Awesome. Avan, uh Yogia, Yogia, sure. Uh, who is actually in Zombieland Double Tap. Um, we'll play Leon S. Kennedy. And Neil McDonough will play William Birkin. This is, this, man, this is a dope-ass cast. This, yeah, it's like, a good cast. So I can get that cool Netflix original thing about Wesker family, but I can also get like the actual Resident Evil story. This is dope, and that cast is dope. Uh, that sounds... Is this also Netflix? No, this is going to be a feature. Okay, cool. Um, man, that sounds cool. I'm, 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 I'm a, I, I was sold on the cast. I'm yeah. like, this is a really good cast. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's exciting. I love Resident Evil. I want good Resident Evil stuff. And then before we get into New York Comic Con, uh, Cleopatra was revealed today that Cleopatra is getting a new biopic. You know, the, the Greek princess, right? Greek? Egyptian. Egyptian? <laughs> no, but she ruled Greek. Greece. No. No, she didn't. Anyway, uh, she's going to get there. No, you know, never, 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 never. I don't know yeah, who I'm thinking of. A partnership with Julius Caesar for a time, that's yes. for sure. Yes. That's not what I was thinking about, but I knew that. Anyway. And then Mark, and then Mark Antony. Oh, Ooh. Jennifer Lopez's ex-husband? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, so Paramount is developing a biopic. Uh, Patty Jenkins has set to it was is set to direct with uh, Laeta Calogridis. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, uh, she'll write the script. Uh, Gal Gadot has been cast as What's her name? Cleopatra. Cleopatra. <laughs> Tom Hopper is an excellent yeah. actor. You're correct. Yeah. Also, yeah. Yes. Uh, he's so good for Gal, Gal's a great choice for Cleopatra. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just thinking no. of the last Egyptian movie that a bunch of white people made. Uh, Gods of Egypt? It, it, Exodus, Gods and Kings, too. Oh. I'm just like, uh, I thought we were talking about The Mummy. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, almost all of Hollywood Egyptian movies are a bunch of white people. So, like, but you know, but that's a problem. But like, what are you talking about? Christian Bale was Moses. He's not. Yeah. Was You're this right. was this the week where Oded Fair got his attention? Oh yeah, yeah. he should yeah. have been Doctor Strange. Yeah. Put Oded Fair and Cleopatra, you cowards. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think uh, which historian is slightly behind, but yes, uh, Cleopatra <laughs> ruled Egypt. I think they they would know. Being oh my god, actual put, historian. Oh my god, put Oded Fair in the Doctor Strange film as an alternate dimension Doctor Strange. I want <laughs> that. Exactly. I want that very bad. Same oh my gosh. Would do it. Anyway, sorry. Right. Cleopatra, that's that's cool. I mean, Gal, I think, is a really good casting choice for her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Patty Jenkins, I've liked her stuff so far, so I have no reason to be against this yet. Yeah. Um, so so I'm into it. Also, uh, more specifically, just jumping back, what I want in a Spider-Man movie is I want him to fight Kingpin. That's what I want. Did, I want a movie about him in the city fighting D'Onofrio. Uh, Didn't D'Onofrio tweet something about how bad he wants to go back? Not just once, like five times. Like five times. uh, There were many places that were saying, with all these casting announcements for Spider-Man 3, who do you want to see? And he'd respond to them and go, when I was a boy. (laughs) And be like, oh, you're right. Also, can we please get Charlie Cox as uh, Matt Murdock, please, and thank you. Everybody, that was the funniest part about the Jamie Foxx announcements, was everybody going, look, if we could get Jamie Foxx back again as Electro, we could get Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Please. He is the best daredevil. 
And there's only been two of them. Uh, all right. So, oh, wait. Who was the dude? Who's the weird dude who did the movie with Black Widow and Daredevil? Andy Warhol? What are you talking about? It's a black and white Daredevil movie. He bought the rights to Daredevil specifically so that he could oh, make a Daredevil movie. Like Daredevil that, sounds, book? that sounds dope as hell. No. I think it's Andy Warhol. I could have sworn the only Daredevil movie we had besides Charlie Cox was the Ben Affleck one. No, if I didn't have to read the news, I would look it up, but I have to read the news. Um, <laughs> which story says she was the last pair of which has no Yes, which is what uh, everyone was saying to you, Brandon, because you'd gotten confused. <laughs> read right, up hey, the book. <laughs> I'm, stuck, I'm stuck reading Dune. All right. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> um, all right, so New York Comic Con news. Very exciting stuff happened at New York Comic Con. Uh, we got the first seven minutes of Resident Alien, Alan Tudyk's show on Sci-Fi, coming. Did anyone watch this? I did. Yeah. Yes. I think this looks really good. It does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's always interesting when they just release like a whole like here's the first like five ten minutes of it. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. I'm gonna have to watch the whole thing again. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I just kind of wish I had a better idea of what the show was gonna be. Yeah. Uh, just overall. Yeah. Oh, Meg, thank you. Yes, Warhol did it. Warhol yeah. did. Andy Warhol did a Daredevil movie. Interesting. Uh, did I get now? K. Titus asked, "Did you get anything from the con?" I I ended up getting the Wonder Woman eighty four pop figure. I just got news. I got, I got news. I just got this shirt. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I, I got K. Titus. I got Jack Diddley squat. Uh, calm down. Good God. I'm excited to see um, what's the name? Alan Tudyk in a show again. Oh, yeah. yeah. Me too. Hey, you uh, want to see Alan Tudyk in a show? Watch Doom Patrol. Hell yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, the, the, it's based on a comic book, also, we should mention. Uh, the Resident Alien based on a comic book. All right. The Stand. Ben Magnet's most anticipated thing of the year. The again. Stand. CBS All Accesses <laughs> The Stand. Got his first trailer finally. I thought, I, thought it looked, I thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, if I weren't nervous about uh, the the man behind it all, yeah, um, I'd be one hundred percent in. But I'm like cautiously in. Uh, I'm really happy about Alexander Skarsgård as the Man in Black. I think he's a much better choice for it than Matthew McConaughey, to be honest. All right, all right, all right. Oh, that's the same. Okay, I had a few. They're the same character. Yes. Yeah. Um, I not that McConaughey I think is bad. I just think Skarsgård can bring a lot more of who that character is to the role mm-hmm. than than McConaughey did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, from, uh, what I got, from what I got of the trailer, Skarsgård seemed a lot creepier, or, yeah. or or not just creepier, but a lot more like menacing. Yeah. Like if he were to walk into a room as that character, you'd be like, you like, I'm not talking to that guy. That guy's creepy. Yeah, All it's. The- I don't know a jack jack shit about the stand, except that it's like post apocalyptic and people have to like stand together. Like there's like weird Mad Max looking stuff, but also like weird supernatural shit, like alternate dimensions. And I'm like, oh, it's a Stephen King thing. James uh, Marsden's in it. Yeah, it's got a great cast. Like, I definitely, yeah, I love James Marsden. Uh, the the stand, obviously, because of the involvement of the Man in Black, but um, the stand is the most Dark Tower connected of Stephen King's books. That isn't the Dark Tower. Yeah. Uh, you like the Dark Tower title. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of weird shit in it. Yeah. I'm 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 right. Well, what I'm sorry. What uh, network is it again? Amazon. It's going to be CBS All Access. God damn it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't do too many services. I am Why? pleased that they're going into it knowing like limited series. They're not trying to stretch this out over a long Guys, period of time. So true. I hope that they'll. Guys. Yeah. You can use my login. Thank you. We, we actually have 
Megan's sisters. Oh, snap. This is a revelation. Screw you. <laughs> There's also the real trial. Free trial option. <laughs> That's right. Right. I thought you were going to do let the girl speak. <laughs> let the girl speak. All right. Anyway. Um, all right. Invincible also had its first trailer to the Amazon Prime animated series Invincible. This looks awesome. Guys, I love the animation style for this. I, I think e even I think this is a good a good a good trailer. I do think like the animation seems a little stiff, but I think it's going to look better once you see the whole thing. But like just the fact that this is real, like this is truly like a ten year like build up of a of a insane saga of like this family and this kid becoming a superhero. And I'm like I'm just so excited, and the fact that it's animated means they can go insanely gross. Like like it is one of the most violent comics ever made. Uh, much like the boys, this is going to be like very much like um, uh, like actual superhero. The boys, but you're following superheroes. Like it's, yeah. it goes into all the tropes and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like it looks like the, I'm, I'm just going to call him Invincible. I don't know. I never heard read Invincible book in my life. But <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Like, is it called? Is he called Invincible or? Okay, because it looks like he's squeezing a head and eyes popping out in the trailer. Yeah. that's grotesque. It's very, very violent. I mean, luckily they cut away before the big money shot, but at the same time, it's like, ooh, that's gross. Got a great yeah. cap. I uh, I do think the animation looks a little stiff, but I still think uh, it looks really cool. It looks like that comic come to life, which is really all you can ask for. It does, Thank yeah, you yeah. And uh, Steve Yuen, yay. Yeah. From Voltron. From Voltron. And Avatar uh, Legend of Korra. Oh, yeah. From also maybe The Walking Dead? Yeah. Eh. The guy where Robert yeah. maybe met him from. Like, I don't know, maybe. Eh. <laughs> all right, well, this the was... comic books in all of history. We're just going, yeah. This was the most exciting thing that happened to me this week. Okay. Star Trek Prodigy. Okay. Star, Star Trek had a panel that showed the first three minutes of, of Discovery. Looks great. Um, but then Alex Kurtzman, scum of the earth as he is, uh, was on there and he's like, we brought in the a new we brought in a new character for Star Trek Prodigy and and then and then Kate Mulgrew says permission to come aboard and she shows up and it's revealed that Kate Mulgrew, Captain Catherine Janeway herself, last seen as Admiral Janeway. Um, will be returning to the role uh, in Star Trek Prodigy. And guys, I was so excited. She so excited. Remind, Correct me if I'm wrong, but she's the, the captain of the Voyager, correct? Yes, she was in Voyager. She What's Prodigy? Prodigy is the Nickelodeon animated series. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. That's good. That's good. They got someone from uh, Voyager. That's awesome. I'm happy for her. I, I love the Janeway love because uh, she she's often overlooked because Voyager is seen as kind of the black sheep of Star Trek. Mm. Um, but I like that character a whole lot and I like Kate Mulgrew a lot. So that's really exciting to me. Wasn't also, she in Nemesis? I am happy for Yeah, she was Admiral Catherine Janeway was mm. was in Nemesis, uh, which we we did a, a, a commentary of. Um, and then she I forgot what I was gonna say. She did more stuff as a captain of, of the thing. Uh, middle of watching Voyager for the first time says Mag. Yeah, I, I like Voyager, uh, especially like Captain Janeway. So I'm very excited for that. I flip my lid. <laughs> All right, the watch uh, had a first trailer. Terry Pratchett's Discworld, correct? Discworld. Discworld. Yes. Um, I don't. I've never read Discworld. Um, but from all the reactions online, uh, this isn't Discworld. Uh, I don't think this 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 trailer. It had a lot of a lot of like whimsy, and it mm -hmm. felt it felt very like wasted space, like very like oh we're insane in space and blah blah blah. But um, I didn't. I don't think any of the jokes really connected. I think it was trying yeah. to kind of just trying to be a little try hard. Um, I didn't really 
it was just uh, all over the place because they're like, oh, this is magical and interesting. So I'm like, okay, are we in a fantasy world? And then there's people with cell phones. I'm like, are we in a mixture? Right, like, right. Mixture, and then like, there's like different dimensions. Apparently, I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, apparently, it's like a straight just like bastardization of whatever whatever the original source material is, and it's a bummer. I uh, I was <clears throat> talking to Ryan after we watched it, and I said there was a sci-fi show called Defiance. Mm. Um, that was a pretty good like world building uh, space show. And where that show ended up looks similar to the vein that they're trying to go for world building wise of this one. Um, but that took time to get there. And this looks like just a hodgepodge of stuff that's trying to sell you on edginess. Mm, yeah. This character is an edgy John Constantine type. So you're very, sold. Yeah, very much. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I, I Discworld is like the thing where like everyone's on the back of like a turtle. Like that's like that where that stuff comes from. Like the weird big fantasy stuff. So I'm like, I just didn't. I guess <clears throat> uh, maybe if it's good, I'll check out the first. This episode. was not a good know. trailer. No. I'm not going to say the show is going to be bad, but this was a bad trailer. Yeah, it felt very tryhard. There are before we move on. There were other uh, trailers that we are not going to cover, such as The Expanse, uh, Snowpiercer, and uh, shows we don't watch. Yeah, American American uh, American Gods. We're not watching those shows, so we can't comment on their later season uh, right. trailers. Uh, uh, the other thing is, uh, since we're talking about trailers, we're not going to talk about. I'm just going to mention today is National Coming Out Day, oh. and there was a trailer for. I got it right here. Hold on. Uh, I didn't want to make us watch it and talk about it because we had too much going on. But everybody's talking about Jamie. Oh, uh, I yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, all about... Um, uh, it's inspired by true events. And it's about uh, Jamie New, who's 16 and doesn't quite fit in. And they're um, coming out into what they really want to pursue as a career, which uh, has to do with drag. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's a cool-looking trailer. Um, so check it out uh, when you get the chance. Yeah. Love it. But we're not talking about it. Um, Modoc released two clips. Our first look at Modoc was near Comic Con. Um, they re released two clips. Also, it was revealed that they will have X Men characters, and at the end of every episode, they will promote comic books, which is awesome. Got to be honest, guys, this looks like a winner to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, when we heard all about those all those Hulu shows, uh, I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I want a Modoc was always the one I was on board with the moment you said Pat Oswalt is voicing Modoc in yeah. an animated show, and I'm like, well, I'm not worried at yeah. all. Um, <laughs> and it's and it's stop motion, and it, it looks really fun, and like and like very violent. But I'm also, so sorry. I thought this coffee was for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like Modoc being like the CPA is like, don't forget, I have to do your personal taxes. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um. Like uh, this. Like this. And and um. Uh, what's what's the the spooky uh, Satan the, the Hellstrom Hellstrom um like this looks way better than Hellstrom but like these are both shows where I was like a year ago I didn't I necessarily didn't really want these um but it just goes to show you show me what you got show me what you got <laughs> this um, is the this is the only this is the other Hulu show that Kim Feige forgot to cancel I think because they were just too far in <laughs> too yeah. far in. don't tell Netflix did Kevin Smith had anything to do with Modoc or am I misreading no Kevin Smith had Howard the Duck. Yeah, what? That, yeah, Howard yeah. the Duck. Okay, because I thought um, this swore I heard he was also producing Modoc, but no, he yeah, that was they were that was Howard the Duck, Modoc, um, Silver Sable, I think. Mm. Um, but they had like an Offenders. They were going to do like an Offenders uh, animated universe. Yeah, they were on Hulu. Um, and Modoc is the only one that survived. Um, this looks, looks very charming. Modoc's his name. Aim is Modoc. Wow, if that's how you feel, then we really have to have a conversation about how this is going to affect our relationship. 
Uh, it's crazy that Modoc is having a banger year because he had the game where he's the villain and now he has a show. I'm like, the year of Modoc, what a wow, good for that guy. <laughs> working their way up to giving him a movie. Oh, Jesus, Modoc, King Shark having hell of a years. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, he voiced Modoc live in VR game. Oh, Patton Oswalt, cool, yeah. Um, oh, and also, big comic guy, yeah, good, right? He wrote a Firefly comic, which is really cool. Um, right towards the end of. We lost all of our watchers. It's just Mag now. <laughs> I love you, Mag. <laughs> um, right before, right, right after the convention's coming to an end, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of news on Saturday. Wait, wait, sorry. I wasn't really processing what Mag said. Mag, do you mean like the live Avengers VR experience thing? He voiced MODOK? Maybe. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, Mag, what is that? That's, that I didn't know. Oh, look. That'd be cool. All right. Animaniacs had uh, their first, well, not their first look, but, you know, kind of a new trailer being like, hey, we're coming November 20th. Uh, and it was all a riff on Jurassic Park. Yes. Hell yeah, it was. You know what? I'm mad about it. No, I'm not mad about it. Um, I did have a weird moment watching it where I liked it as a gag, but I also sat there and went, I don't know if Animaniacs works today. Hmm. Really? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I disagree. I, I think. I think that. Um, I I think that. Uh, Mag says, "Yeah, but it was Kevin Smith." Oh, Kevin Smith was Modoc in. Oh, oh that's weird. <laughs> wow. Oh. Huh. Uh, got it. Wow. Um, use, Mag, if that is not true, use longer sentences. In the Mar- <laughs> in the Marvel experience, yeah, he voices. That's he voices Kevin crazy. Smith. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Hey man, it's me, Modoc. Man, we gotta do that live experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just uh, something about um, I I feel like there's a lot of just uh, a nostalgia draw to where I go. Yeah, cool. More Animaniacs. Um, and I don't I don't know if the punching down humor will work today. I I'm just not sure about it. Uh. I think I think honestly I, I was conflicted about when I saw the clip and I think Lindsay Ellis worded it better than I could. Lindsay Ellis comes from a place where she didn't like Animaniacs to begin with. I'm not in that same place, but I do think she brings up a really good point about their comedy is very much based around uh, very much harassing the idea of of grownups and uh, can be very punching down. And I don't know if that's going to fly today. I don't know if it's going to land. While I enjoyed the gag, uh, I didn't. I didn't go. We need more Animaniacs from it. That's that's where I sat. Sure. I I uh, I wasn't too big into Animaniacs. I saw a little bit of it. All I remember is the movie, which I remember being sad. <laughs> Trying to remember because I remember something about two pence, which is how I knew what two pence meant. Two penny, and like, maybe. And like there was yeah, a movie, and it was snowing, yeah. and they were walking, and it was sad, and like Dot was dying or something. Yeah, no, oh, Dot was dying. Yakko, Wacko, and yeah, because Wacko had like a hay penny, which was like apparently he had a hay penny. Yes, a hay I hay penny. I, remember, I, I watched this movie too. Yes, all I remember, all I could think of is how he had his. He wished for not one, but two hay pennies, and then everyone starts seeing how he has two hay pennies. I'm like, how much is a hay penny? Oh my god, I just remembered how it ended. Oh man, that movie's wild. Nostalgia. Uh, Mag says, "Love the Prince joke." Yes, that's the funny joke. I was thinking about that the other day. Wow. Like, give me the bird. We'd love to, but the Fox censors won't allow us to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Should be fun. 
Well, November twentieth is, is when it's coming. I'm gonna look up that movie real quick. Yeah, um, it, it, it. I. I. We'll see. I. <laughs> I'm in a weird place with it right now. Sure. Uh, but I. But I hope so. Yeah. Um, there were. There were definitely like. Some. Yeah. Nice in yeah. This, uh, in this clip, specifically the the, you've got Pinky in the brain. Of course, we have Pinky in the brain. Say again. We have Pinky in the brain. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, 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 Animaniacs, Wacko's Wish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Look at that. Now, Wacko's Wish. Now, I'm starry to remember it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I anyway. Once when I was like a babe. A babes. I think I only saw it once. It must have been on like Nickelodeon. No, not Nickelodeon. Maybe Cartoon Network. I don't remember. Nick, Nick, Nick. Uh, all right. It was on Kids WB then. Oh, yeah, it was. The dubs. Um, okay. Trailer talk. This is the wow. trailer. Tea time. Um, no, that was before the show. Before the oh, show. you're right. Damn. Free Guy had a new trailer. Yes, it did. I'm I more excited about this than I had been simply because when we were watching trailers before, I had not yet watched Killing Eve. I have now watched Killing Eve, and the person who I've been praising who plays Villanelle is Jodie Comer. Mm-hmm. Jodie Comer is the lady in this. She's the lead lady. But they like uh, Yeah, so I'm way more excited about this now because of that. Yeah. Um, which is why I say that I'm way more excited because of that because not a lot else uh, is making me go hell yeah. I just feel like I I saw this in Wreck It Ralph and in like Ready Player One and it's like not there's nothing new here. It just looks really expensive. I really feel like the whole movie was shown in this trailer. Yeah, kind of. And it kind of bums me out because I wanted to see more at first because when the first trailer came out, I think I was the most positive about it. Now I'm like, oh. I pretty, pretty much saw the whole movie condensed in two minutes. Okay, it, I mean, I'll, I'll probably, it, I mean, I'll probably go like I do like the joke of where um, the actual player is te- is telling uh, Ben Schwartz the way. No, that's not Ben Schwartz. Frack. That's the other guy for Stranger Things. Steve Harrington. Thank you. Oh wait, no, that's that's his. Damn it, that's not his real name. No, his name is Steve Harrington for live. Let's just call him Steve Harrington. Steve. The, guy who plays, the guy who plays Steve on Stranger Things about there's not a buddy who can do that. He found the button. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Consensual jokes. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I. It just. I. I really. There's not enough video game like representation in movies, like good video game representation. And I don't think this is helping this at all because it just looks like bad GTA. It, like, it, it does look like bad GTA. Yeah. And, like again, Wreck It Ralph, I think did this scenario, but like way cooler. Because Wreck It Ralph has the best video game representation you can exactly see in a movie. Yeah. So um, I, mean, I guess also being animated helps, but um, yeah. I, I want to like I like Ryan Reynolds, like I like I like Taika Waititi, but like I do. Just, I just I may I just hope these it's trailers. Good cast. Yeah, I just hope these trailers aren't aren't doing it justice. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably still gonna go see it when I'm when I can. I feel safe to go see it, but in December. Than... <laughs> yeah, drive-ins, baby. Oh, true. Yeah, but besides that, eh? all right. Um, so we, a little while ago, we talked about an anime series coming to Netflix called Gods and Heroes. We have now got a trailer for it, but now the new title, Blood of Zeus. Oh my god. Bro, so, oh you're always talking about where's the mature the mature Greek mythology shit. Here it is. They heard you, Brandon. Well, I'm always just saying, where's the Greek mythology shit? Here yes. it is. But specifically, like, yo, we got... We're getting we're getting Phoenix, the immortal bad name game. And that looks like fun Greek mythology. We're getting this. It looks dark is dark and shit. It looks like Castlevania. It like in terms, like, like, in terms of tone, because like it looks it looks like it, it's, the same it's team. by the same same team. Yeah, I just like 
there's like hardcore Greek mythology is like I want more of it. Just mean we'll have a little bit of my same animation problems about like the dead eye problem. Yes, but uh, but the, but the but I can get over it. I don't I. I think it'll bother me less in this show. Yeah, the uh, monster fights will be tough as hell. He looks bloody as hell. You got so Hera. He, is, he says his name is Hera. It's her. It's he's gonna be cool. He's gonna be Heracles. Heracles, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unless they're doing like no, I was like they wouldn't make him like a gender reverse Hera. That's they wouldn't do that. Yeah. yeah. Of course, okay. When I said Hera five minutes ago, I meant the goddess Hera, not sure. Heracles. Yeah. Yeah, but this looks really cool. I can't wait for this. Yeah, I'm uh, at I, the end of this month. Yeah, I don't know many. Like like mature animated Greek mythology things. Um, so I'm I'm definitely gonna watch this. Yeah. Let's talk about Mel Gibson in the new movie Fat Man. Listen, if he's the bad guy in it and he gets to get maybe murdered in it, I'll I'm a, I'm a, I'm is a, he the bad guy? Yes. Doesn't, doesn't look like he is honestly. No. It looks like Walton Goggins is gonna be the bad guy. Oh, I thought it was like the well like the well I want to kill like even. No. The kid, that's no, why so I want him to die in the movie, even if sure, he's good or yeah, not. Yeah. It looks like the kid is the true villain, and Walt yeah. is the apparatus he uses. There you go. But it does look like Santa's in a bad spot. Yeah, he's not. Sure. It's Mel Gibson's bad murder Santa. Yeah, it, yeah. It's weird because at first I'm like, oh, that's interesting, and then as the trailer went on, it just kept losing me. It's like, wait, so the military knows Santa's real? Oh, see, the more I watch it, the more I liked it because, like. Ben, it's talking about Santa Claus. This isn't yeah. a realistic movie. Oh, I, I know, I know, I know. Wait, wait. Santa, are you telling me that Santa's not real? Not only is he not real. No, never mind. That's it. <laughs> He's real. Oh, thank God. Um, Good thing I can't see that. Thank you, Sam. I was glad you can't hear us. You're welcome. <laughs> um, I really like Walton Goggins, which is a lot of what makes me want to see this. Um, but I really don't like Mel Gibson, which nope. is a lot of what makes me not want to see it. Yeah. Uh, and... I, I was surprised with how little, I think it's just the way they cut the trailer, but how little we actually see a lot of Mel Gibson doing the action. We mm -hmm. see a lot of Walton Goggins action, yeah, but mm -hmm. very little of actual Mel Gibson's it seems, stuff. So it I'm seems, not sure exactly what he's doing throughout the movie. It seems to me that it's- Other than preparing for Walton Goggins' yeah. arrival. So I think that's exactly what it is. It's it's like a Skyfall scenario. We're like, yeah. it's, we follow Walton Goggins and then we get interspliced with- Mel Gibson home aloneing his house or whatever. Yeah. And then there's a final confrontation the last 30 minutes long or whatever. Yeah. It's just, they have this tagline in the trailer where they're like, you don't want to be on his hit list. And I'm like, have I seen him kill people in this trailer and I've missed it? Yeah. Did you guys uh, ever see the second Krampus movie? No. No. The second one? No, no, no. The, like the, the, the lower budget Krampus movie that came out the same year that Krampus came out. No, no, because I saw the good Krampus movie, so I got Okay, my... so let me tell you a little bit about that, because that's reminding me of this. You're um, right, Meg. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, he... Uh, okay, so uh, in, in that, there is a Santa Claus storyline where, where he is going through and finding out that all the elves are, to, are, are killed, and he's trying to figure out who's killing all the elves. Um, it's an anthology story, so you're following a family, and then you're following also William Shatner, who is a, a disc jockey on a, on a radio talking about how his yeah, partner... Why you like it no it's not good i'm not saying i like it oh, okay. um, he's talking about how his weatherman is over at a mall that is under attack and uh uh being and a bunch of people are being held hostage <laughs> and uh the, then you know the santa claus story is he's like and everything is pretty real and then santa claus goes to fight the krampus and then it's revealed that he is in fact the uh the the weatherman who went crazy and held the mall hostage and he's been killing people and all the elves are the people that he's held hostage um 
that is a movie. <laughs> that's a that wild. Doesn't seem very fun. No. Um. Yeah. That just reminded me of it because like it's called "All Be a Dream." Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think that I think the biggest bummer for me about Fat Man is it. It seems like something I'd be more excited for if someone else was playing Santa. Well, duh. Yeah. And, that's, and that's just, that's a, just yeah. <laughs> no, but the, what, yeah. what I'm saying is that like, I, it's a cool concept. Yeah. And I wish I could be more invested in it. But yeah. I have a great dislike for Mel Gibson, which makes it very hard. Yeah. To get invested. No, I I understand that. All right. And we I have love family. Falcons, so it's so hard. I'm gonna hey separate the art from the artist. We can talk about this every. We week. have we have for sure. There you go. The Adams Family Two released a a announcement trailer saying that they're they're coming. Can't stop us. In October. Next year. <laughs> I wish we could. I wish we could. Damn, yeah. we'll to see the Adams Family movie because I haven't seen it. I saw it. No. It it's was right. playing at the the Chino Hills uh movie movie playing the big uh, pop up movie thing. Oh, it's, 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 it's all right. It's all right. All right. Uh, no interest in seeing the sequel. I got my movie, Adam Family movie. It came out in the nineties. I'm good. And its sequel. And its sequel. Also in the nineties. A first trailer and re- reveal that Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous had been renewed for a second season. So we got the first trailer uh, for the second season. Did anybody watch this? I saw it. Yeah, we watched the trailer. Th- it was barely a trailer. <laughs> if you told um, us that was footage all from season one, we'd believe you. Yep. No, it, it, this is season two because now they're stranded on the island. Uh, I liked season one more than I thought I would. I would go so far as to say I actually liked it. So uh, I'm excited for this. Pleasantly surprised. Good. I have no feelings. Yeah. <laughs> I like the, the potential of these kids are stranded on the island now waiting for rescue. I'll um, get more invested if they start dying in this season. Yeah, show me some stakes and not the since you Since you don't care, uh, there's a sequence where one of the kids is framed as a kill shot as a pterodactyl actually goes in for the kill. Uh, his fate is left uh, unknown at the end of the at the end of the season, but it was a pretty intense moment. I believe it. He's cool. definitely still alive, just so you know. Uh, yes, his best friend was an ankylosaur named Bumpy. Oh, Bumpy. He's really cute, actually. I believe it. All right. Uh, the Astronauts. This is a Nickelodeon series series that I did not know was coming until, until the other day. Um, and I thought kids this was pretty cool. Kids in space. This looks, yeah. This has like a this has like a level of like maturity and like no I like no offense to like Netflix original things, but like this this feels almost just like a regular movie. Just have yeah. kids stars of it. Um, like it feels like 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 almost like a big push for for Nickelodeon. Like yo man, we can make dramas too. Like yeah. of yeah. course it has kids stuff yeah. in it. Like I was, stuff, like, like I was expecting I was like in the trailer. Like I was expecting them. Like oh my gosh, we're in space, and then like the big like antagonizing force was like oh how much trouble are we gonna get in when we land and then when a bunch of stuff goes wrong with the ship there's and a, fix it i'm like there's oh. a giant squid there's a giant squid that attacks them in space yeah there's some alien stuff looks like yeah uh it what what got me is like just doing this back to back with camp cretaceous i'm like i feel like this astronauts live action show with children is more adult than camp cretaceous yeah and that's impressive yes yeah 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 um it's got the it's got the kid from Good Boys. I like that guy. Yeah, I love that kid. Seeing him, um, he's also from um, shoot, Last Man on Earth. There you go. Uh, <laughs> he's super good. Um, um, yeah, yeah, like I don't like I I don't I doubt I'll watch this on like opening day or anything. But like if I hear it's pretty good, I'm like I could check that out. No, it's start. a TV series. Oh, it's a show. Oh, Ooh. I'm definitely not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you know, good. Good that, that something like that's being made. That's I awesome. grew up. I grew up loving space, and there's there's simply not enough cool like in you really good away. 
you want to fly away. Oh, Lenny Kravitz, son, <laughs> you son of a beef. Uh, this looks like, yeah, like I wish this was something I had when like, I was growing up. This looks cool. for sure. David Finch is coming back and making a movie called Mank. He left M- M- Mindhunter for this. He, uh, it's a black and white. I like the a Netflix international production mm-hmm. he has on it. Um, it looks really good. Yeah, it's about the writer of of um, uh, uh, Citizen, Kane. Citizen Kane, and oh, it's Hollywood in like the twenties, and he's an alcoholic, and making movies is hard, and we're all drunk and sad. But like, uh, you know, Hollywood eats that shit up. Just give it the Oscar now. That'll be fun. Ooh, I, like I, 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 love, I love every once in a while like a, a, a good black and white movie. I'm into yeah, it. I, well, while I was watching, I actually thought that I mistook this for a crime noir movie, and I was really excited for it. That's because it's black and white. <laughs> I don't know. It, it was it was black and white. It was oh, guys. I did it again. What'd you what? do? I convinced all the. I, I I mixed up all the Finches. It's David Fincher. I know. Who's the guy who did Twin Peaks? It's David Lynch. David Lynch. I got them confused again. But you oh. said David Fincher though, so you're okay. Yeah. No, David but I said David Fincher, thinking I said David Lynch. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. But it's David Fincher who did Alien Three, like you brought up earlier. There you go. David Lynch uh, is not is not a representation of tonight. There's no Lynchian stuff involved. I, uh, I I like the you know it looks like they're doing something cool. What's that? Netflix, I think. Yeah. 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 yeah it looks, it looks like, like made, made old school. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. Promising young woman. We haven't talked about this movie in a while. This is the new trailer. Promising young woman. I was so stoked. If you followed me on Twitter, you know that. Within the last week, you I did. tweeted about this. Yeah, thinking like you know, it's October time. That movie is horror esque, at least. Uh, I wish it were out right now. Not that I don't want to make money, but I would love to get that on VOD and watch it right now because I'm stoked for that movie. And then a trailer dropped, and they're like, "It's coming out Christmas," and I'm like, "Great, yeah. great! I want to watch this movie." Yeah, um, I did not forget about it. It's stuck with me for a while. I still want to see it. I'm very. Yeah. And now we know about a new cast member I didn't know was in it because he's in this trailer, which is Alfred Molina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Playing old, old, old seductress, maybe. Um, yeah, uh, Carrie Mulligan, she rules. Um, when we talked about this like months ago, we were excited. Um, yeah, I'm more excited. Eat bad dudes, get their comeuppance. I'm really uh, glad that this was a second trailer to raise more awareness about the movie, and I don't feel like they spoiled anything further about no. it because they left it with like a long scene and not a lot of new footage yeah. mm-hmm. that gave too much away, which I'm really grateful for. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Very, very excited. Uh, we also got a new trailer for Wolf Walkers, the Apple TV Plus series. Looks beautiful. Oh, this looks so cute. Oh my gosh. It does. Yeah. I want to watch it, but I don't want to get Apple Plus to watch it. Get a new phone. Free, free trial. Then you get it for you for a year. Oh. Ooh, that's pretty good. That's what I have. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, this looks just just really really charming. Doesn't have really to be charming. just a phone, just buy any new Apple device. Oh. There you go. Apple TV Plus for a year, maybe. Surely, because that is less expensive. So we can watch it. <laughs> yes, we can. That is, uh, that is less expensive than buying a subscription to Apple TV Plus. Yeah, no. go buy go buy a new device. <laughs> Ireland. Uh, Irish. I was like, what, is it Scottish? It's Ireland. Ireland. It's Irish folklore. Yeah. I am really excited for this. This looks good. I am excited. This looks gorgeous. And then the new Joe Manganiello film, Arch Enemy. Yeah! This is this is it's like from the producers of Mandy and another weird ass crazy movie. Color out of space. Color out of space. I'm like, oh cool, we're gonna get another crazy movie. And it's like this yeah. is another uh, Legion M backed project. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What if what if a superhero lands and he doesn't have any of his powers? It's basically a good. He's handcuff. trapped outside of the dimension where he has powers. Yeah. Um. And I love like I love the idea of like 
is this guy just crazy or does he actually have powers? Like, like that idea is so fun. And yeah. like, uh, I just think this looks rad. And Joe, and Joe Manganiello is such a dope guy. It's also nice just to get to see him lead a film like this. Yeah. Um, he doesn't get that opportunity much. It looks like a lot of fun. Um, and I fully expect a crazy superhero finale of some kind. Or or maybe um, there's a movie called Special with Michael Rappaport. And he's about a guy who takes a, um, a placebo drug that a doctor gives him that's supposed to give him superpowers. And he and he imagines himself having superpowers. And that actually makes him mentally unstable. And I wonder if it's going to go in that scenario where he doesn't actually have any superpowers. Like, it, it's all fake. It's all in his head. So I wonder if they will go that route. But we'll knowing see. this is the Mandy people, I'm like, eh, it's probably wacky. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably wacky. That's it. Burning through it. We did it. All right. Now we're going to talk about the new movie, Vampires vs. the Bronx. Full spoilers for the new Netflix original movie, Vampires vs. the Bronx. Initial thoughts. Real quick, initial thoughts for everyone in case people don't want to get spoiled. What did you all think of it? It was good. Yeah. It was all right. I liked it. I liked it. It was very fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Now we're going to talk all about it. There's vampires in it. Oh, shit. Vampires in the Bronx. Sorry. I watched Zombies versus the Bronx. Watch Werewolves in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, no, this was this was a this was a good oh, time. Oh, that's a good one. No, no, Ghouls over in Queens. Oh, there you go. No, ben, Ghoul, alliteration. Ghouls for alliteration. No, they come Ghoul's in. Has Q in it. They come in through the airport. Ghouls in Laguardia. I'm just I hate all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Has anyone ever been to the LaGuardia Airport? Because I hear that place sucks. I did. I went, you went, I went, to, New York, I went to New York. I don't know. I also went to New York at one point. <laughs> did you go through LaGuardia or did you go through JFK? I was oh, a I child. <laughs> I, did, I did not go through JFK. I know that. Right. Speaking of JFK, he wasn't alive when this movie takes place, which is now. The plot the plot basically is that these kids realize that there's a vampire plot. Uh, by the way, the the evil company has a picture of Vlad Tepes the Third, which I thought was cool. Oh yeah, I thought that. Um, was yeah, and uh, uh, they're buying up all these places in in the Bronx to to move in and make a make a nest, gentrify, and they're yeah. all white. Yes, that's important for themes reasons. Yes, yeah. Um, this and Lovecraft Country are tackling white as actual evil, which is mm-hmm. awesome. And yeah, interesting. I love it. Um, I I don't think this movie did anything that like blew blew my brain out. But I just the entire time I was having a good time. I think it's well acted. I think it's it's very fun. Um, like it's very tropey in the ways that a lot of these movies are, but not in any bad way. Um, it's just it's a nice pleasant a nice pleasant experience. Yeah, I, I watched this with my girlfriend, and there's a moment in the movie where the kids decide to watch Blade yeah. uh, to learn how to kill vampires. And uh, I was watching this mo- the, the movie, and my girlfriend goes. What what is that? It's blade. What's a blade? I need to show you a blade. How, how have I not shown you a blade? The fact that she doesn't even know what what it is, I it's hard for me to believe that. But I've met weirder people, I guess. You've also met my girlfriend, so no, really. I can't. True, no, you're right. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So I need to show her blade now. Blade rules. Blade so, is great. Just watching the kids watch it, I'm like, oh yeah, that movie does rule. Yeah. Some mother effers yeah. always want to ice skate uphill. Yeah, I was hoping that would be in the movie. Was yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, like, uh, I think all the kids are really good. Um, mm-hmm. I like the plot with, um, I, for some reason, is it Bobby, the, the kid who hangs out with the thug? Yeah. Is it Bobby? Okay, yeah. Bob, Bobby's whole idea of, like, 
his dad was a gang member and like he wants to be like his dad but like he also wants to escape like the 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 realities of life and like in that situation and be better than that i'm like all the that stuff thug, really yeah the, the thug is from legion oh is that um yeah what's his yes. name oh uh memento no not memento You're um, close though um i knew patonomy yeah patonomy yeah. god that is him yeah his name's um henny short for hennessy um yeah he's he's like a nice like believable threat in the movie um mm-hmm. uh well, the, yeah I mean, it's hard for me to like talk about it because like there's nothing that's like bad but nothing's yeah, really, like i mean i i i don't think this movie's bad but there are times like when when henny shows up and um, when bobby does ditch henny to go back to um miguel and his and the other and the other kid whose name i forgot um i feel like um henny could have been another an, another bigger antagonist but they kind of just sweep him like when once he sees the vampires, he's like, "Well, he's dead." Yeah. Automatically, it's like I feel like there was no clear consequence. I mean, not that dying isn't a big consequence in a movie, but there, I felt like there could have been something more for that, but there wasn't. I didn't feel like there needed to be with Henny. I would have, I, I would have kept him the same. I would have uh, expanded more on specifically two of the vampires, Victoria, as uh, yeah, obviously, and then oh, and yeah. then the, the second to last dude who makes it, who doesn't really. He's like he's like the first one we see. He, he opens really... the film with a lot of like possible potential and yeah. personality, and they mm-hmm. don't uh, he doesn't they talk. don't take it far enough. He in never my talks. Um, yeah, he just has that cool scene in the bodega and then leaves. Yeah, I would yeah. rather have those two more expanded on and mm-hmm. leave Henny at pretty much exactly where he's at. Yeah, um, Frank's cool because I think that's more important. Frank is a Frank is a well used character. I like that actor a lot uh, with a good arc. I, I did like the the fake out that he was a familiar because at first I thought he was a familiar because all the other vampires you see have like bright white hair and he's the only one who has natural hair. Mm-hmm. But then when the the curtains lower. When they go into his office, it's and he's like, "Oh, the afternoon sun can be murdered." I was like, "Are you a vampire, baby?" Yeah, it's a little, it's a little fake out, yeah. Um, yeah. Then, then he comes outside and he's like, "Oh, vampires in my streets? No way, Jose." Um, uh, I think all the kids are really talented. Yeah, I think they do a good job. Um, I like the, the guy, priest a lot. the The kid who plays Miguel is really good. The priest is that who you said? Yeah, the priest. Uh, Father, Method, Method, Man? Method Man. What? Method oh, Man. Man. Oh, that was Method Man. Yeah. Method yeah. Man's my favorite person ever. Right? Yeah. So Zoe Saldana is in the beginning of this movie. Yeah, she's uh, up the uh, horror celebrity cameo trope. That is like uh, that, a very good trope. That comes uh, from, from many films, specifically Scream. Scream's most known for it, mm-hmm. uh, where you're the, the first kill. Uh, I thought that was really nice. I thought that was a cool appearance. Yeah, yeah. and sets up sets up the uh, uh, the plot pretty nice mm-hmm. and easy. Yeah. yeah, I really liked uh, I really liked the bodega guy. Um, I was really sad that he died, but I also I also love his scene when he find when he realizes that the girl's a vampire when he's looking down the thing. He's like, "Me too." Yeah, I'm out of bags. I yeah. I really liked it too. And we we were kind of suspecting from the way she entered the bodega that she was a vampire. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I I definitely I don't I was wondering for a moment. I'm like, could she be Blade? <laughs> could she be? A vampire, vampire that kills other vampires. Yeah, yeah. Could we be getting a double fake out here? And then no. Nah, she's um, she's lead lead commander. I I do I do like how it's not like a third act reveal that like it's me I'm the commander. It's just like in the second act it's like no here she is. Yeah. It's just like it's it's just like very nonchalant. I'm like okay cool. Like it's not like a. It's very casual. Yeah. It's like we all mm-hmm. we all figured it out. Like you didn't like you know you didn't try to hide it from the audience. Like we're not stupid. Um, yeah, like, so when like, she, like when she couldn't enter into the apartment. That's when you knew. I, th- I thought that was a really good reveal. 
because I'm like, oh, she's totally a vampire. And then finally, she like says, okay, you know, jig is up. I killed Tony. Here's the. I the I ball. thought that she, I thought I I figured she was a vampire when she was at the at the office with the familiar in the familiar's office. He was she was just I, there walking in, and I was like, mm. that's that's suspect. Yeah, yeah. Like for a job, and I didn't really think about it for too much past that, yeah. and then I started thinking about it later. I'm like, wait a second. Yeah. There's, there's um, I think her name's Gloria. She has like little intersections where she's just like talking to the audience. And oh um, yeah, yeah, she's she's on a live stream. <laughs> she's bulking. Yeah, she's bulking. She's bulking. I really, I really appreciate it when um characters get on board quickly. So the girl uh, that he likes, when he's just like, oh yeah, vampires, yeah. I'm Haitian. Yeah. I know this stuff. Yeah, my mom um, raised me on that shit. Yeah. And then her, their, her, their mom, when she's when she realizes that she is in fact a vampire, the Gloria, not Gloria, um, Vivian yeah. is in fact a vampire. Uh, she like immediately, okay, we're moving. Yeah, yeah. The Bronx ain't worth it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, I agree, Brandon. Like a lot of people, are like, wait, vampires, vampires don't exist. It's like when there's clearly proof, and the mom's like, oh, we're getting out of here. Like, yeah. Yeah, that's smart. That's that's yeah, well yeah. written. Yeah. It's not worth it to stay here for this shit. Um, yeah. We are yeah. leaving the Bronx. But I also, I also thought it was a good fake out that we see her by the building, so she didn't need an invitation to go in. Oh, that is smart. And then she yeah. ended up needing that anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, this is very, very spiritually a modern and uh, black perspective interpretation of the Lost Boys. Uh, it's very strongly yeah. taking a lot of cues from that. There's a lot of other movies you could look to, Monster Squad in a similar vein. Um, Fright, Night, Fright Night even to some extent. I would say but, just uh, specifically like like the vampire flying. It's yeah. like, oh, it's like Fright Night. Yeah, it does. It does for yeah. sure. Um, uh, but the, the Lost Boys is the, probably the most direct one for one. Um, and I love the Buffy vampire faces. Yes, me too. I, I love when they do makeup like that on vampire faces. And I think at that, it succeeds. I think they do a good job of Miguel kind of being like the leader who who's brave and has seen it, but he doesn't have all the information. Like, he's not the one who knows the most about vampires. That's Luis. Yeah. And he's not the one who's disbelieving. That's Bobby. Mm -hmm. But they've got that whole dynamic going. Um, there's very few moments in the film that I, I don't think worked. And I can, honestly can't put my finger on it, but the third act itself, I just find maybe rushed is the word yeah. or, or just mishandled as a whole. I don't understand the logic, I guess, of uh, Vivia. Uh, that's her name. Vivian. Vivian. Vivian yeah. um, of her sticking around when there's that many people ready she to fight her. Take on 30 people. Um, like, I, like I'd take off at that point yeah. i'd call it a night like, the uh, priest has a staff with a crucifix on it and it's like he could just go off and just like stab her and she should die if i did not know that the movie was 86 minutes long when we started i would have assumed that what was going to happen is she was going to retreat and she was going to find a way to sneak around and get more vampires mm -hmm. to come back in greater force which is what I would expect her to do. So that that part kind of doesn't work for me. While I like the idea of the whole Bronx standing up to her, her standing back up to that standing up is a little weird. And and the 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 MacGuffin of like the vampire powder is completely not used at all. Because yeah. like you have to become a vampire, you have to have the dust in you, and then get bit. It's it's there to have them have a thing that she needs back. But they don't use it at all. Like the except only, for scare that doesn't work. The only like, thing they do what they do with the powder is she blows it in Bobby's face, and she's about to bite him. And yeah, then, that's what that's what Ryan meant by a scare yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah, I was I was like they could have done something a whole lot more with that. They could or, have turned Bobby and then Vivian. I thought this, normal. I thought this was going to be similar to Blade Three, 
where they had to find a thing of Dracula's remains and then Dracula is alive. Yeah. Down with the car smell. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but so I thought it was gonna be that because she's like, this is the remains of the first vampire. I was like, oh, Dracula's gonna be in this. Yeah. Um, I guess yeah. that is a kind of like a little disappointing element. Like, I feel like this this plot point could have just not been in the movie at all. Like yeah. at all. It didn't really matter. Yeah, it it was it was there to enforce a further reason, but like you don't need it. It can go the same way that Fright Night does, which is that once the vampire knows that the person in the neighborhood knows they're a vampire, yeah. they target them. That's all that's yeah. And they she could have just been targeting the kids for that. It you didn't don't need, need to be the key. to get the key back. Yeah, you don't need a key. You just um, I want to get the kids. So you know what I thought was gonna happen? Um when they go into the nest at the courthouse. And they find Vivian's uh, uh, coffin. They open it up, and you see the fly for the um, for the bodega block party. Yeah, my thought was, oh, they're gonna go into the block party, and they're either gonna murder a whole lot of people or turn a whole lot of people into vampires. That's, I also thought that, which oh, which I assume would have been the plan yeah. if they hadn't figured out that they were sleeping upstairs. Yeah, yeah. and then like uh, the the water balloon drops, and for some reason, when I saw that, it's like it's like Luis the balloon. It's like wow, that was eighty yard. <laughs> There's a but couple lines. Like, like, above the the holy water start bubbling, and they're like, "Oh, they're just oh wow, man." I, I felt like a block party invasion, and then the, all the Bronx would see that. Oh, these are vampires. That would yeah. have been a reveal and a way for the Bronx to come together instead of um, the girl going to tell the mom, and then she gets everyone, and they all suddenly believe uh, Miguel. I yeah. forgive bad ADR a whole lot now uh, that I've seen Beauty and the Beast. With Ian McGregor's bad ADR line of "Hey, Cogsworth, we beat the clock, eh?" <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Ever since because of that, I now notice ADR lines a whole lot more. I yeah, I notice them uh, the worst. Too much. The worst ADR in like a major motion picture I can still recall is when they're doing the long shot driving in the Leonardo DiCaprio gate, uh, Great Gatsby. Oh man, and uh, and it's like okay. there's a full blown like a whole sentence he says that's just one hundred percent off, uh, and I'm like, holy. God, that looks terrible. The one that sticks out to me is Terminator Salvation. It's Common. Common and um, John Connor, who's uh, Christian Bale, are like standing on top of a hill looking at this machine city they're going to go attack. And Common says, my God, that got a whole city. And it immediately cuts to Common, whose mouth is shut. Like he did not just say that line. And I'm just like, oh, mm, there's a a line in, speaking of bad ADR, there's a line in Star Trek 09 where uh, Spock and Kirk meet Scotty for the first time. And Scotty asks, "Oh, are you from the future?" And Chris Pine goes, "Chris Pine goes like from the back of the head." Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. I'm not. I'm like, uh, <laughs> no. Man, ADR is tough because like it's it is so commonly what it is is that they're working around things that they've cut out of the film, and they either can't get the actor back into record, or maybe they can, but they still have to make it fit in the shots because they're not going back to refilm. Yeah. Uh, ADR is tough. I get it, but yeah. like yeah, some, it looks real bad. Yeah, um, I, mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if we call this a bad AR line, but it's definitely our favorite. Let the girl speak. No, that's Let why I say it. Just, yeah. just because, like, you can tell that somebody didn't say that in the room full of other people talking. It does yeah. not sound the same. It's yeah. just like, oh, this was in a sound booth, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, back to this movie. Yeah, back uh, to the I, really like, I really like the effect uh, that they did visually for when the vampires put the victims in a trance it's like a uh the yeah. like vibrating and like half the screen kind of loses part of their face yeah i yeah. think that's a really cool way of doing that 
I really appreciated it. Yeah. Um, I, I always appreciate when you find innovative ways to do things like that, uh, that haven't been done before. And I thought that one was really good, really effective. Yeah. Um, I do wish that they'd taken some kind of step a little further with the idea of why, of, of just what uh, Vivian's presence and the vampire's presence really means for the Bronx um, as an allegory, because Vivian has a really direct line where she yes. says, uh, what better place to set up than a place where no, all where people already don't care yeah. when people die. Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, that's really pointed. I wish there was a little bit more in the film that pushed that, but I mean, uh, it, again, like it, comparing apples to oranges on like lost boys, this is very much in the exact same vein of like the quality level I'd expect um, for the audience that the age that I was when I saw lost boys, that this is who that's targeting. I think this is really a good film overall. Yeah. I think it's a solid vampire flick. I think it's a solid black representation perspective. I think it's a really good uh, visual of a horror film taking place in the city, uh, which captured a lot of the attack the block vibes, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think that they do all of those things very well. I just uh, I just wish the third act was a little more polished. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the, the Vivian thing, the Vivian sticking around when there's a crowd really gets to me. I'm like, this doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. from a, uh, a a wise vampire perspective. If, I can understand her like fighting the first dude. Yeah. Um, also, I will say the gag with the two girls walking between the crowd and the vampire didn't land for me. No, it didn't I thought it was yet. funny as an idea but the execution didn't land for me. I agree. Um, And that's another part of it that just kind of made it like literally as they were walking across the screen and it cut between them looking at her, I thought this is her distraction. This is how she gets away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because this is too many people. And then it wasn't that. And I'm like, dang, what, what? And that's the weirdest part I think is because any other horror movie, any other horror movie, even the lost boys, you'd have that kind of standoff moment where you think, oh, we got the villain on the ropes, all that, but they'd have to go and chase her down and stake her before she made more vampires. So they go and chase her in the next day. And that's where the real final confrontation would come from because they wouldn't go in a big enough group. Yeah. Well, and that's usually what would end up happening for one reason or another. So I'm surprised that that's not the route we took here. Uh, ben, you brought up like, like, cause I also thought it was going to be like the big blog party was going to happen. And then there was going to be like a big vampire attack. I honestly wonder if this was just a budget thing. Like, cause this is a, a pretty, this seems like a pretty low budget movie for sure. And like, I, I also think like, and, okay, so we had the idea for this big ass finale. What if it's just her standing next to twenty people? Yeah, and I'm like, okay, we can afford that. Um, which which kind of stinks because like it does it does kind of feel like a fizzle out in a way. It's it's also surprising that they again like going back to Ben's idea that they never do the block party. Yeah, uh, until the very end of the film, that it's not a part of the main plot events because it's, it's so the, built up. It's the opening part of the film and what the the boys mm-hmm. are currently working towards. It's the plot mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, yeah. Of course, saving the bodega kind of becomes like when they kill Tony and then the bodega's there. There really isn't any point to have a block party. That's kind of true. To save the the bodega, and now that Tony's gone, they shouldn't have killed Tony then. To tell you the truth, what I kind of hoped is that Tony had been turned. Yeah. Yeah. I hoped that they were going to have to deal with the fact that Tony was now a vampire. Yeah. That everybody was going to have to come to grips with that because that would have had a lot fighting of emotional stakes. Fighting who you're trying to save. Yeah. 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 Um. I like the that, that would be my other thing is that like the vampires never turn anyone, so they never have to face like the fact that oh no, we lost this person, we have to stake them, that kind of thing. Yeah. I like the running gag that uh Tony kept stocking uh more and more quote unquote white items in his bodega. Oh yeah, yeah. Or even or even uh the the idea that like you could have ultimately saved Tony, 
which is in a sense is saving the bodega from gentrification. You're saving Tony from the encroaching white people because yeah. when they kill Vivian, that would have by vampire rules, depending on what lore you're working with, reversed his vampirism. Again, same that could have happened with Bobby. So that Add could have stakes. So that yeah. could have happened with Tony, and that could have been a whole mm -hmm. thing. And I kind of wish they'd gone for that. I agree. Uh, now that I, I'm thinking about that more, I think that would have built a nicer emotional arc for them. Plus, I thought yeah. Tony's character could have been able to do more in the film. Like. Um, because she says she explains the I'm guessing the ashes of Vlad Dracula, that if I spray you and then bite you, you turn into a vampire. Yeah, and that's I, a weird, weird way to do yeah. that. But that's and whatever. she just blows the dust on Bobby. I'm like, oh, she gotta buy him. And then here comes uh, Miguel. No. no, that was Batman. Yeah, but here comes Miguel on his bicycle. Uh, on his bicycle, he's gonna joust uh, and stab Vivian. It's like she could have, and I know it's a movie. We have to put belief out the or disbelief out the window. But she could have easily just went, "Oh, he's like twenty feet away, and he's going pretty slow on his bike." Chomp, vampire now. Yeah, I mean I that's that. the, that's the whole that's the whole thing that like just that crowd facing her logically doesn't make a lot of sense for her to even do it that way. Yeah, uh, in a lot of respects. So so yeah, I I feel you on that. Um, I think the whole uh, stealing the holy water bit works pretty well. I love I it. I think that's entertaining as hell. Yeah. Uh, Those little shit stole my Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Product placement I'm okay with because that's funny. Yeah. Well, that uh, is, that is, I like that. I thought that was funny. I like, I like, uh, I like the culmination of Bobby's arc in a sense, which is really the moment he has with Frank. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. where he's saying, yo, man, the same I get people. it. You, we're, you know, we are the same. And Frank has the, that's what's up. And he's like, get out of here. I think that that worked really well as a culmination of like talking about Bobby going down the wrong path and that kind of thing. And who he could become. Yeah. yeah. Um, I overall liked the presence of the moms. Um, yeah. I thought they were done pretty well, not overplayed, but used well. Uh, except for the scene where they're first busted by the cops and Frank is there. And uh, Bobby's mom seems to only be able to say, uh, I bet you put the others up to this, didn't you? And it's like, and, like really lay it on to him. And I'm like, dang. <laughs> Like, I get saying it once, maybe twice, but holy cow. Yeah, there was a whole scene where she just repeated that. I'm like, that's a... Mm -hmm. that's, there's a screenwriter, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one thing I did like is when they did fight the vampires after they were sleeping upside down is Lewis, who takes the, the wafer and says, body of Christ, throws it into the vampire's mouth. I'm like, yeah. oh, that was a fun one-liner. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, I, thought, I thought Lewis was uh, pretty good um i i liked the way that he talked about his his knowledge of vampires miguel's very clueless about vampires other than recognizing one when he sees one yeah um i also thought the whole bit of simon chasing him down worked really well uh and how that leads to our first introduction of the vampire again that dude has a lot of presence when uh simon like calls him out and says you got a problem man and he's like holding where the gun would be and he's like just walking yeah and I wanted that vampire to have more personality. I agree because he seems set up to, to be yeah. more important in a way. Yeah. I don't know if I have much else to say. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think we covered it pretty well. I think that just the whole idea of it and presentation overall is is solid. It's a solid, enjoyable uh, vampire film, kind of made for an all ages audience in a sense. Yeah. Um, certainly for like you know the the eight year old and up audience it's got uh, a couple what, a couple swear words but like for, for kids, sure but kids like, can deal with but that. like nothing different from what like like you said the kids do a really good job of sounding like kids today yeah oh that's one thing i want to bring up yeah like anytime like adults write kids 
it, it doesn't sound real. And all of the dialogue that these kids were saying that sounded authentic to what kids say today. Like they were saying things uh, like, I remember one dead, kid ass. Said, dead ass and bet. Like when you say bet, you're like, all right, let's do this, bet. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's actually what kids sound like. So it's nice to have good kid representation instead of fake representation. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that went a long way in making it like very uh, uh, relatable yeah. to the audience that it's targeting. Um, I can totally see a lot of kids uh, having reactions to this the way I did when I first saw Lost Boys and, and connecting with it. And, and I think that's really man. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think this sits very nicely amongst uh, amongst the films I feel like it, it's most similar to, which is Lost Boys and Attack the Block. Yeah. What would you rate it then, Sparks? Given given what it's uh, aiming to be and everything, I, I'd say an 8.5. Um, I, I do find a few flaws. I think there are simple things, regardless of the audience that you're going for, you could have cleaned up the third act, but overall... Uh, I think it it does a good job of doing what it was set out to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. We'll, we'll go in a circle. So Ben, <laughs> the best circles are oh, non-Euclidean, and, and you're right. <laughs> Ryan, what would you rate it? Uh, I give it an eight. Uh, I think it's really fun. I, like I said at the beginning, I don't think like it does anything to to break the mold, but it does everything really, really well. Um, if you're looking for a new like a new like a uh, kids versus vampires movie you can't you can't go wrong with this it's a lot of fun remember scouts versus zombies i never saw it but i the trailer looked good i think i remember i saw a pre-screening of it and i'll never forget because at that point it was called uh um zombie scouts guys of the zombie apocalypse um oh, yeah. so that's oh, yeah. the that was the, that was the theatrical title i went with but it was but it was initially scouts versus zombies and we saw it at that point and saw a pre-screening okay. of it Good? And like, yeah, it was good. And no, but okay. I will never forget. Yeah, there was a zombie eating. A, never mind. Anyway, um, so that they, uh, I was walking out, and two producers were standing there talking to a third, and they're like, and so I emailed her back, and I said, is the title clear enough for you now, Karen? <laughs> Karen. <laughs> and I'll never forget that. Karen. I, I will say that in in like the vein of the films that this is usually would usually be held up to, I think that there could have been a touch more fun uh, comedy going on um, amongst the characters. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think that's to its detriment. I think it's fine that it's not aiming for that. I'd rather it be this tone than like ham fisted comedy. Yeah. Um, if it means that the boys sound more real, that's fine with me, but it is a little surprising. Generally speaking, when you get films like this, they're usually trying to be a little funnier, a little lighter in their, uh, in their moments in between the, the vampire scariness. What was that? Uh, the 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 King Arthur the kid in King Arthur's court. What's that movie called? That recently came out. Kid oh, would be uh, king. Kid, kid would be king. Because yeah. that that had kind of like a a kids band together. Like I like that movie. Band. That has a lot of comedy in it. Yeah, too. I like yeah. that movie. Ben, what would you rate it? Um, I would give it a solid seven. It's it's not bad. I I I still enjoyed it. I don't regret watching it. Uh, I feel like this is definitely a move uh, a film you could watch where you want to watch that uh, film that's. Something scary, but not so horrifying. They'll give you nightmares like Halloween or Conjuring or stuff like that. Um, it is, it's, it's a fun one. Or romp, last but... week's episode of Lovecraft Country. Mm. Mm. Or that. Why aren't seen. you watching that show, Ben? Because Fanny's watching it and he can't watch it. I can watch it. I just haven't made the time for it. Uh, but besides that, I still I still liked it. I had fun. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I'll agree with Ben on the rating a uh, solid seven. Um, it's a it's a good time. I don't I don't regret watching it, but you know it doesn't really leave a lasting impact on me. 
Um, okay, so let's move into our book club. Welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Shop. Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, anything readable? Sparks, it is your turn for the Fake Nerd Spook Club. Yeah, baby. Take it away. I picked out Victor Lavelle's Destroyer, uh, illustrated by Dietrich Smith uh, with Joanna LaFuente um, on uh, colors. And this is a spiritual successor to Frankenstein, This uh, the novel by Mary Shelley. This treats that novel as 100% having been the history of this world. That's what happened. And this is the follow-up to that story. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it takes place in 2017. Um, so many, many years after the events of Frankenstein and the creature is still out in the Antarctic. Uh, cause that's where he was left off in the books and he gets pulled back into man's world and, uh, and encounters Frankenstein's descendants are doing some, some shit that's a little too close to home for him. Uh, and, uh, I thought this was really good. What'd you guys think? Obviously. We're gonna dig it. Yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, it didn't wow me like I, like I kind of wanted it to, but there's nothing wrong with not wowing. Um, it was a, it was a good time. I enjoyed it. Solid read. I love like stuff with the creature. Um, there's bits where you know he kills many humans sometimes on accident. Um, accidentally kills these pigs. So that was a good moment. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I had fun with it. Uh, the ending definitely went into a way that I wasn't wasn't expecting. Um, I do, one of the characters I really enjoyed was the mom, Josephine, and how she kind of slipped, even though I feel like her madness is justified in a way, at the same time, it's like, okay, you gotta put a stop to this somewhere. And I, I really liked how, because uh, this came out I, this came out in 2017, I liked how topical it was, especially how it's pretty topical three years later. But also I enjoyed the twist on the Frankenstein how there's got that that logo of the of the. It, I feel like it's some like government agency or environmental lab. The, of the lab, yeah, yeah. I feel like I've seen that logo before on a government agency thing. I can't remember, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I like this book a whole lot. Uh, it goes right into everything I love about comics. Like, what does it mean to have a soul and and, and cloning and all that shit and. Uh, Josephine Baker, this is the second time we've actually talked about Josephine Baker on this podcast recently because she showed up. She's a dancing lady from the I Am Hippolyta mm. episode. Um, so it's cool that she's name dropped. Uh, she's the name of this character too. Um, oh, and Josephine Baker is also the name of the famous jazz singer from the 1920s. No, that's what I'm talking that's, about. That's, that's who I'm talking about. about. She just, was in Lovecraft Country. I just got that. My God. Yeah. Um, that, I think that's really cool. Um, I think this book is is mm. is, is is like what you do a, a like 21st century sequel to Frankenstein. It is it is taking that concept um, and just making it modern in every way you can and making it about about a black family. Um, and and the, the things that Josephine does that she thinks is is okay. Clearly, it's 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 yeah. She might be justified because her son's dead, but uh, she's she's created a monster. Um, I did like the line. I did like the line when the two agents were going to her house and she's talking about like. You know Lincoln and how and everything that happened Lincoln and someone was like she's not Abraham Lincoln he's like I just don't want to be John Wilkes Booth 
Yeah, I don't want to because she is she is a genius. Like she is she has created another another Frankenstein through her son in a way. Um, yeah. And like this agency wants her. Uh, the, the director wants her. Um, she went rogue or whatever. Um, yeah, I think she this, didn't go rogue. She's just like I'm out because I'm having a kid. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, they basically she wasn't. She yeah. wasn't. She was out. I feel like she was outed because she had a no, kid. The, the director. Yeah, you're right, Ben. The director was yeah. like, you can leave. Yeah, the director yeah. enjoy me, and the second Joe says I'm pregnant, she's like, "Oh, what a blessing! This is you must be so happy. Please see uh, yourself out." She felt that that she put the age she felt she put life over the agency, which is mm -hmm. not what the director wanted from her. Right, yeah. and I and I uh, my my only point being like, yes, the director said that. I I do think that like just from the way Josephine talks about it throughout the book, that it is uh it is also something she kind of knew would happen the yeah. moment she was pregnant. Yeah, uh, that that if she was going to have a kid she was going to be out of the lab and it was a choice mm -hmm. she was making and, and she made it willfully and conscientiously. What, what I absolutely love about this book is, is uh, uh, Josephine's morality and how her zombie son is the thing that's keeping her human mm -hmm. because she, she is, she is the, she is the destroyer. She is the monster. Um, and she will destroy anything to keep her son safe. That's why it's, that's what the book's called. Um, mm -hmm. There's a scene where like, she's, she basically might, might kill these people and, um, and her son, Akai, is it Akai? I think it's Akai. Yeah, uh, her Akai. son uh, says, these men aren't those men who who hurt me, mom. You didn't raise me to be this way. And she's like, you're right. You you are the better me. And I think that's like, that is so strong. And especially at the end, like this, making this an entire family book about making the bride also mm -hmm. the dad. I thought that was so sick. And having like the white streaks on the on the robot, it's such an interesting way of doing that concept. Yeah. Um, and like what, it, what, what that company does to the dad itself. And it's like all that stuff. Uh, I thought it was... That was wild. I really yeah. liked it. Like when yeah. the dad, when it's when it be, when it's revealed that the dad is the bride and it's the robot, because I thought it was going to be another uh, Frankenstein monster type creature that was like you know the bride of Frankenstein. Yep. Instead, it's a robot who's Akai's dad. And I'm like, mm -hmm. that's new. Yep. That's interesting, and I actually dig it. Um the uh, the the agents who were brutally killed. Uh, their names yeah. are Agent Shelley and Agent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, that's real good. That's real funny. Like Agent Shelley is yeah. like, hmm, I wonder who you're named after. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I think the cloning stuff with with Victor Frankenstein is super interesting. I'm really <laughs> glad about how it played out because I'm like, this can't work. If this works, it's dumb. Yeah. Because he can't the monster, be alive. the monster hated Victor when it got to the end of the story, mm -hmm. and he didn't care about the fact that he died. So he can't care about that. Like it can't get to him. It can shock him for a moment, but I'm like, this cannot work. So when he bursts through the wall after, like immediately, like nah, nope. That is so brilliant. <laughs> so yeah. good. Also, uh, I do really love how how that how that's built up, where Joe is showing the director is like, three printing has been around since 1983, but I have a version that that can 3D print biological matter. So here's a chicken, but the problem is the chicken only lives for like 10 seconds, but then it just decomposes. Oh my God. Um, I like, really like... Oh, uh, and, uh, go ahead. And one of the things I love about that setup is that we get Victor Frankenstein, how he was like 3D printed, and then he sees another one being printed right from him, He's, and he finally says, I live, I have consciousness. Why? And then he just instant and then they push a button kill him instantly. that's the shit yeah. i love man yeah because like yeah like what, what makes him any less of a person than you uh that's not that's not so wild um the i think the ending uh when when uh frankenstein jr has to fight frankenstein sorry the monster jr um he's like my mother said i'm the only one who could kill you once you were sewn together 
Let's see what happens when I undo all your strings. And he, and he, in a very Franklin Richards esque way, just like dematerializes him into existence until yeah. he's just like a watchman, uh, uh, like skeletal, a uh, muscle thing. Um, and he's like goodbye because, brother. Uh, because Akai has this control with nanobots. That yeah, he can use. again, 21st century. Like, how do you bring people back? It's like through nanotechnology and stuff. And this is very similar to the video game Outlast who that's a whole game about them trying to do crazy experiments about immortality and how do you do it? It's through nanotechnology. So it's a game about you fighting ghosts, but spoilers, it's not ghosts, it's and nanomachines. It's wild. It's really cool. Um, I really like the slow reveal at the beginning of the book where um, Josephine is talking to her computer voice and you don't know who that voice is for the mm -hmm. first chunk of pages. Yeah. Uh, you later find out that it is the voice of her son. Yeah. Um, I thought that was a really good reveal, especially with the dream. I thought the dream was haunting where she's remembering a time with him with the earthworm and then he turns and it's the voice from the car. You still don't know it's supposed to be yeah. Kai's voice and it's just like the slack-jawed zombie face, but like, it's like, I'm turning the I'm volume up. You know that the volume, <laughs> yeah, that I'm waking you up. up. Yeah. Taunting, man. Um, really, really good stuff. I think all the stuff with the monster is done really well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, every bit of his callousness towards mankind. And how he, uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, this like, like like you brought up the scene Brandon where he like he accidentally kills the pigs. There's multiple scenes where he 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 doesn't mean to do this, but it just keeps happening to him because he's too strong. Oh, uh, the scene the scene where he uh, is going through the wall at the border. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, and, he, and and it had shown the flashback to when he was being chased by villagers, and yeah. he said, "Please, I just need help," and he got cut off by an arrow to the throat and then he's pulling down the wall and he, on all these people who followed him he buries all these five Mexicans, people and it's falling on them and the one little kid is like please i just need help and just buried under it the monster's mm -hmm. just moving forward very tragic um yeah. i thought that was very good strong representation of who the monster still would be yeah. at this point if you are taking yeah. the novel as as the true fiction uh, the way that the monster learns about these these things being done through the iPad is really good. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was a nice way for the monster to just get like pissed off and activated. I love the whole opening with the whalers and everything. Oh him yeah, because he's connected with nature. And in there, and and the whaler lady's like, please join us. You would you would help us so much. Because he then... destroys that boat, and there's that one bit where like he's covered in the blood and he's swimming under the water, and you just see like a blood silhouette yeah. of him. I love that. Towards the ship, and they're like, oh boy, my. <laughs> Favorite quote. He's coming this way. Oh yeah. Lord, he coming. It's like a, a zombie shark. Um, my favorite quote is when the whole family's together, and it's issue five or six, or whatever. But um, Akai's on the slab, and then you got you got the bride, and you got uh, a Joe, uh, and uh, uh, the dad is basically calls Joe a monster, and she's like, "Is that what you're calling me?" And the dad's like, "I wouldn't blame you for falling apart after what happened." And she says, "I didn't fall apart. I turned to steel just like you did." And he mm -hmm. actually turned to steel, where she, where she, you know, uh, emotionally turned to emotionally, steel. And I'm uh, like, oh my god, it's yeah. just one little panel with comics. Can oh, I love it? It's so good. Um, it's such a. It really feels like yo, if Frankenstein were written today, this is how it would be. Um, yeah. This obviously in graphic novel they, form. They do a great job of it. Um, uh, the the story with Akai is that Akai was shot by a police officer because a probably white woman called and said that she saw a. 18 to 19 year old black uh man with a rifle with a rifle and he came back from really him baseball practice with a baseball bat uh yeah. from baseball dude the stuff and he was shot the stuff with his dad where his dad goes to the cop, to the cop and yeah. uh puts the nanobot into him and says at any point at any time i can take you out yeah this is already more mercy uh, and thought than you gave to but my what, son but that that is all two seconds what's, so is what's that also all is is that he's at a park he, the, the the cop's at a park with his daughter 
and this guy's immobile and he's like i wonder is that your daughter over there in the glasses i wonder what what she think about what i'm about to do to you and like that's horrifying and even he, even he says like i'm glad you never got to see what i became akai and i'm like man that's that's the shit i live for that's so that's so that's mm -hmm. so sad yeah, mm -hmm. or even the flip the part because he actually does go to the daughter because it's revealed. I want to say in the next book, in the next in next issue, issue six, maybe six or five, one of those two, where we see the conclusion of that. Because I thought, oh my god, is he gonna go kill his daughter as revenge? Yeah. But he goes back and is like, oh, she was very nice and warm and open to me. At least you yeah. didn't totally mess up in in that way. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's when he leaves the, the one machine with him, and he's like, I'll I'll kill you. So yeah. that's um. It's it, yeah. There's just a lot of good stuff. I think all the whole arc with the dad, the fact that the dad, uh, she's Josephine, really resents pliers uh, because he didn't follow her out of the lab, and uh, the reason is because the director would have uh, hurt them. Yeah, hurt yeah. his family if he didn't stay. Um, so he Akai's had to design stick around for their protection. Yeah, uh, at least that's how he felt. Uh, Josephine doesn't feel that way, but that's how he felt. I really like Akai's uh, uh, the way he looks. It's like, it's like a very cool, I, his design is really like good. 21st century, like like Nano Frankenstein. I, yeah. I like her tech suit in the end too. Also, she's got the rogue, the rogue strand of hair. Like I'm always a fan of that. Yeah, um, I really like uh, Akai trying to connect with the monster, and then they kind of botch it. Yeah, uh, because Josephine gets too proactive against him um, when she starts to really lose her grip on everything. I really like her visualizing herself as like a uh, a god in the future, like how everyone will look up to her. She she clearly does end up. In mentally in this in a similar space to where Victor was yeah. uh, when Victor uh, got to, to the end of the book. She even but, says, um, "I'm I'm past the point of redemption. Like it's too late for me." Yeah, he has a she has a great uh, part where she's saying how uh, all, uh, all the stuff with her past and stuff. I oh. came here to lay waste to the. Is this the part? Hold on. Um, yeah, uh, she talks about her whole past where she had to pretend that it was okay that because she did better than the other students, she was mistreated for it, having to always climb the ladder. I don't owe this country a damn thing except the same hate it's always given me, which is very pointed at the the black part of this story, which I think is really effective and, yeah. and like lends a lot to uh, her connection to Victor through Victor was doing what he was doing in her, in her uh, belief out of grief mm -hmm. uh, for the loss of his mom. And she's doing what she's doing because she's been pushed too far. And she has a whole lot more history behind that. And I think that's executed really well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just really enjoyed this. I thought this was really good. I also uh, just really like that. She, she does merge her consciousness into him when she dies. Yeah. I love it. Monster. Mm -hmm. That's great. And like, it, in, in like 0.2 seconds. So she's the yeah. voice in his ear and she tells him to go to places like uh, uh, the bus of Jean Baptiste point du Sable. Uh, the black man who founded Chicago um, and think about why that isn't taught in schools um, who benefits from your ignorance. Mm. And she reiterates the who benefits from your ignorance part, which I really like that. It leaves you in a place of like, you know, recognize uh, I, I just like them bringing the attention to it. Yeah. Um, I, I just thought this was all done really well. I really like the, the look of the monster is very true to the description in the book. So I really appreciate that. Um, I think his involvement is done pretty perfectly pitch perfect i think yeah for why he's there what he's doing i don't think it's ever messed around with and i like how powerful he's represented to be how super strong he is. Yeah. oh yeah um yeah i think this is just a really solid solid story i think this was a great like uh frankenstein 2 yeah i um, i think if this were like official canon yeah like this would be this would be totally dope i would believe this yeah yeah yeah
Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Ben. Yeah. Is your book club next week? Do you know what it is? I do. So I know you guys have been, have been reading this title for a while. I unfortunately have been trade waiting for it. So, but this is the only really good spooky book I know I have. It it is the Immortal Hulk. Yeah, oh. it's Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk Volume Two: The Green Door. <laughs> well, cool. I, both Brandon and I have read that recently. I love it. It's been I'm a while. Gonna it, I'm going to read it again. I'm excited. I, I haven't read it, so I'm looking forward to it. It was either this or the Sonic or half of the Sonic the Hedgehog Zombot saga. So I'm like, nah, this is probably the better one for you guys. All right. I guess I can uh, take off uh, 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 Immortal Hulk for my pick for the Fickner Book Club series. Well, first of all, it wouldn't be your pick because you picked Power Rangers. So, no, I mean, my list of. My list oh, of yeah. potential yeah, picks yeah. someday. Hey, well, um, you can still leave it on. We'll just start. Number two. <laughs> All right. So, times I read that book. Yeah, so that'll be next week. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that. Woo. Next week, we'll probably review another spooky movie. We don't know what yet. So, uh, I have a suggestion, but I'll talk about it off the air. Sure. Uh, so stay tuned for that. And of course, our Michael Moretz Maurice interview is coming to the audio feed. It'll be uh, probably on Wednesday. Uh, and then that'll lead into a audio feed for the Fickner Book Club. So stay tuned for that on our woo! audio listeners. Woo, woo, woo. Um, outside of that, if you are not listen, if you're listening to the audio and you're not subscribed, or if you're just watching this, uh, we got other shows on YouTube on our page at YouTube. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. You get shows like our Fickner's Watch series, which we are currently going through Lovecraft Country. We're all caught up now, and the boys. Uh, we'll probably do that within the next couple weeks, so stay tuned for that. We'll do a season oh, recap. I um, and so, and also our basement arcade series. Um, new content coming soon from that. And we also have our Fickner book club series, which we do, which we are currently doing. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, four and five, volume four and five is up now. Volume six through eight is coming, and that'll be it. It'll be the last of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and then we'll pick a new book. Woo. So stay tuned for all that cool, juicy stuff uh, on this channel. Um, if you'd like to support us, this is enough, of course, but if you want to do more, you can support us by buying our Fake Nerd Podcast mask, which uh, the company Crafted by Z puts out. Guys, it's a mask. It's got a logo on it. You support us. Uh, you support the coronavirus beating. That worked. That worked out. Sure. Uh, you, were, you, you, you support beating the coronavirus. You support me getting to see my friends sometime this century. Um, <laughs> check that. Check check out those. Uh, we also have a Patreon if you want if you want to support. Look, I'm getting rid of the twenty five dollar tier. It was stupid. I don't know why I left it on that long. Nobody bought it. That's why. But we have our five dollar tier, which is basically everything um, uh, and stuff early as well. Um, thank you to Joey's on, who is the our currently only patron. Hey, Love guys, you, Joey. Joey's alone up there. Gotta help Joe. Give us five more dollars. Give us five five dollars and to make and make Joey not alone. There you go. Um, we also have a T Public. We have some really cool shirts on T Public. I'm a fan of our T Public. Um, you can check out all those. All those links are in the description below, or you can find them at our website at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. I'm gonna put up a new article this week, so check that out. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches. Uh, thank you to people who've been watching this live for the past seven months. I I didn't know this was going to last seven months. Nobody did. No. So thanks, guys. That's been really great. Um, thank you to um, 
everyone watches the the replay. Thank you to everyone who listens to the show on, on on audio. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci who does our music. If you've been listening to the audio, you've heard some of his musical stylings. Whenever we we're not busy anymore, he'll give us new theme songs. So stay tuned. <laughs> you can find him at Jeremy Bellucci Keyboards, um, of course, and you can find his podcast Suburban Proctologist. Uh, if you want a good laugh, you can find that on iTunes or fake or Facebook dot com slash uh suburban proctologist and instagram at subproc podcast and of course thank you to mike matola who did our did three of our logos fiction podcast fiction book club and miscellaneous uh mike you're a great friend uh hopefully we can uh get you back on soon it's a lot easier now you're in seattle we're doing this it's a lot easier now mike it's the internet very easy yeah Mm -hmm. um so we can find him you can find our good friend Mike Matola at Mike Matola. That was not shade at anyone we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, you can find us also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fictor Podcast, FictorGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben. You can find me dancing on the grave of Nerdgasm at Bedmatica27 on Instagram and Twitter. I started it. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Technically Spark started it and I'm finishing it. Um <laughs> And also, besides um, finding me on my personal Instagram and Twitter, I also write for OldSchoolGamerMagazine.com. The newest article is going to be up tomorrow, or I'm going to be dead. <gasps> no, I, I make, I'm giving myself a hard deadline. I'm going to be really, I'm going to be really worried if you don't put up that article then. <laughs> um, constantly refreshing. Oh, no, ben. Ben. <laughs> No, I started uh, earlier this week. I have I haven't went back to finish it, but yeah, I'm gonna make it sure it's going up tomorrow. Sparks. Uh I, I am basking in the glow of Ben's dance over Nerdgasm <laughs> Death. Uh and uh you can find me doing that at Sparks Witty on Instagram, Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. Right. I've never been in a feud before. This is gonna be good. Dope. So Come I played on. a lot of control. You can get a lot of memos in control. This is one of the funny memos I found. I learned a brand new language. The fish have taught me. You probably don't believe me, so I will prove it. Hooli luli lu metubi jamrubablap s ubi quido quido. See, please publish this letter. Maybe other fish speakers will get in touch. Please, thank you. I'm a DJ Tony Snark everywhere. <laughs> uh, all right, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Podcast. Rate and review wherever you get us. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until next week, guys. Stay fake nerds.